Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is my conversation with Modest Yahoo, the incredible singer, beatboxer. I mean, we get into that. Let's, as I always say, let's get to it as quickly as possible. Obviously, I was fascinated with this guy, uh, giving his religious bent and also his musical uh, genius and stylings and wonderfulness. So, uh, like I always say, let's get to it as quickly as possible. Our uh, episode here is brought to you, us by our wonderful sponsor, Squarespace. I don't know what it is you guys are up to in your lives, but chances are you need a website and Squarespace makes it as easy as literally possible. Nothing to install or update. You got easy to use templates, stuff that makes things look great, online stores, blogs, landing page, whatever you need, Squarespace is here to get your dream into that next level. Take the next step with Squarespace and for 10% off, all you need to do is go to squarespace.com and use offer code WEIRD, that's W-E-I-R-D, for 10% off. Thank you, Squarespace. And as always, I want to mention my Pete's Picks. I'm actually recording this intro in the trailer, uh, my like little area in between shots and stuff for Crashing Season 2, and I am never far from my Pete's Picks. In fact, I'm looking at them right now. One of them is Alpha Brain. It's a nootropic, or nootropic, who knows how to say it. It's like a vitamin for your brain. I look at it like fish food, and all my thoughts and creativity are fish, and Alpha Brain is like fish food. Whenever I have to write or do stand-up or do a podcast, literally for the past four years, I have not recorded a podcast without taking three Alpha Brain about 15 minutes before we roll. It's not a stimulant like coffee. It just helps me think. It helps me with vocabulary recall. It helps with memory. It helps with focus. It is wonderful. I give it to my writers here on the show, and uh, it, it, that's, that's a wonderful little hack for me, and they all love it as well. Giving it to Judd. He enjoys it. It's, it's, it's fun to see people uh, enjoy the Pete's Pick, which is Alpha Brain. And I want you to try it. And if you want, I, I contacted them. I said, hey, I love this product. What can we do for the weirdos? They said go to onit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you will get 10% off your purchase of Alpha Brain. I hope you love it. If you like it one-tenth as much as I do, you're going to shit your pants. The other one is uh, Charlotte's Web. I did a, an episode with the Stanley Brothers who developed the formula. It's hemp oil, uh, which sounds like it's weed. It's not weed in the way that we, we think of weed. Weed is THC. That's what gets you stoned. That's what gets you high. All of the THC, except for a very, very, very small trace amount, has been taken out, and it's just the CBD part of the plant, which is wonderful for many, many things. I'll just tell you anecdotally the thing that it helps me with anxiety, stress. It even helps. It's a great mood elevator. I was in a funk uh, just about a week ago, and and I just couldn't figure out what was going on. I started taking my my Charlotte's Web again on the daily, and it just lifted me right out of it. I take the advanced because literally you can just take a few drops, or I take the Everyday Plus. Mint chocolate is my flavor. It tastes like a Thin Mint, but makes you happy and feel good, like a Thin Mint. Uh, so I really, really want you guys to try it. It's wonderful for flying. It's wonderful aches and pains. It's just like kind of my go-to uh, remedy elixir, happy. I call it my happy juice, literally. On, on set, I'll ask uh, a PA to get me my happy juice, and I mean Charlotte's Web. So uh, try it if you'd like. Go to CW, like Charlotte's Web, CWHemp.com slash weird, and use promo code Keep It 
it crispy, one word, keep it crispy, and you will get 10% off your purchase. Again, I recommend the Everyday Plus and the Everyday Advance mint chocolate flavor. Those are my favorite. And again, just to round this out, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace. Oh, God. My voice just dropped at the worst time. Squarespace, guys! Whatever your next big idea might be, Squarespace will help you create an eye-catching online platform that brings it to life. Whether it's a portfolio to showcase your work, a store to sell products and services, or a blog to share your ideas, Squarespace gives you everything you need to look like an expert right from the start. You even get a unique domain name, which strengthens your brand and makes it easier for visitors to find you. Squarespace has award-winning templates. Creating a beautiful website is simple. It's intuitive. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. You can always add and arrange content and features with the click of a mouse, and they have award-winning 24-7 customer service. No matter how small or huge your question is, think of them like your own IT department. So, you need a website? You probably do. If you want to show your support, for this show and get a website, go to squarespace.com and start your free trial and enter offer code WEIRD at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's WEIRD uh, at checkout. W-E-I-R-D. Uh, and thank you, uh, Squarespace. Uh, try Charlotte's Web. Try Alpha Brain, the old Pete's Picks, and enjoy Modest Yahoo. If for some reason you uh, don't make it to the end, skip to the end. We do something amazing at the end that I'll never forget. But the whole conversation is incredible. Check out his new album. It's on Spotify. It's wonderful. It's in my current rotation. He's incredible. Enjoy. Get into it. I one time got a massage Mm. in Amsterdam. Mm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I know where this is going. But dude, I swear, I'm telling this sounds like a fake story. Like I'm a sweet guy and I was with my girlfriend and and uh we we were high. We ate some space cake or whatever. Yeah. And normally you're supposed to like split that, but it was our last day, so we had a full cake. Oh boy. And then I went in and and to this massage place and I said, No sex, no sex, no sex, no sex. And we were just like, Great, we just want a massage. Right. And we went in and it was like very – I've told the story before, so I'll keep it brief. But it's just like very clear. This is just a hand, this is a hand job place. This is where they yes. give you hand jobs. Yeah. What's up? Oh, you're going to adjust. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> thanks, buddy. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a cough I'm trying to keep you from. Oh, I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, gr- it's just clearing up, though. Okay. Everybody always says that. Everybody says, like, don't worry, I'm not contagious. Or just yeah, I appreciate up. that you don't shake people's hands, though. Some people do shake anyway when they're sick. It's gross. As a singer. It's irresponsible. It's horrible. I didn't even touch your hand. I'm trying to mess with this thing right now, but... I fist bumped your elbow. There we elbow. go. Boom. Yeah. That's a good sound. That is. It's you could work with that. Sound. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what's funny about beatboxing, man? You speak to this. Forget the, the hand. I got out of getting a hand job by saying the AC was too cold. That's oh, the end of the story. That's how you, you got out of the hand job. Because I didn't okay. know how to not embarrass the woman, but also get out of there. Yeah. I didn't want it. Like, I, I have that high. problem all the time. What do you mean? What do you mean? Which I'm part? in there. I'm just like, I don't want the hand job. How do I get out of here? How do I not insult this lady? It's really a problem. If that keeps happening, you need to go on Yelp and find more reputable massage places. I guess so. <laughs> but the funny thing, I was thinking, your beatboxing is amazing. It's one of the first things oh, I ever nice. saw about you. It's, it's, first of all, it's an honor to meet you. It's great to sit down. I was listening to your music on the way over, and I was just getting chills and feeling feelings and, and just so much spirit to it. You know oh, what I'm cool. saying? 
on the train and you know music that can just wake you up a little bit yeah and you're looking at people yeah as brothers and sisters i'm not even buttering your bread right no, now thank you man this that's isn't the like idea. some scam <laughs> that's 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 how i love music man i used to listen to music everywhere on the subway on the train yes. it just made everything just make more sense right. kind of go together like you know that's right you feel the song of life if you will that's right, right? well like, it's giving expression to something that we are kind of stuck in a, a vibration mm-hmm. not to get too heady right up top but like right. everything is vibration and music right. is human beings which are vibrations themselves harnessing melodic vibrations and, and manipulating them it's, it's a way of playing with the stuff of creation wouldn't mm-hmm. you say mm-hmm. so when you're listening to it and it's of a frequency and a resonance you can look at people and instead, and I don't know if you ever witness your mind, but sometimes you're on the train and you're like, look at this fat ass, look at this ugly woman. You know, like, I'm not proud of this. Yeah, I, yeah. I work against that. But right, you right, catch right. yourself sure. being shallow. Judgmental, yeah. Being judgmental. And because that's that's the world we live in. We go like, do you like Coke or Pepsi? And do you like uh, this woman or do you like this woman? Do you like people with pants like this? Or does this haircut annoy you? So you start getting real negative. But when you listen to music sometimes, and this just happened with, with uh, you, I had you on Spotify on Shuffle, so it was all different albums. I was, I, I was able to just kind of smirk, you know, that cosmic smirk where you're mm. just kind of like, okay, it's fine. Why, why am I always thinking about things instead of just being on the train? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It gave, my, it gave my focus a place to go that was beautiful, and then everything around me kind of wilted. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you feel that way? I do. I think music is incredible like that. And that's the type of music that I've tried to create now. It's like more like at, it's almost there's things going on, but it helps to helps to just create an atmosphere. That's right. You know, that but, um, that you can like you can just put that on as your backdrop as you're going from place to place and, and have those moments. You know, And those, it's private. And when it's in your earphones, you're kind of yeah. like, this is like a weird it's secret. It's a little secret have, that you have. Yeah. That nobody. Oh, coffee for the yacht. Coffee. Anyone yes. call you the yacht? The yeah, no, it's the first thing. I like that. Though. <laughs> we can keep that. The yeah. <laughs> well, the yeah. Uh, listen, man, you're awesome. You're incredible. Um, I have. Let's talk about beatboxing a little bit because here's sure. what I think is very interesting. As a comedian, we work on sound. We're, we're a little bit different, but it is musical, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to like impressions and stuff. Right. You're trying to hit a cadence. It's rhythmic. It's rhythmic. It Absolutely. Rhythm. You can yeah. hit a, a, the rhythm of the way someone talks yeah. and nail it, right. even though it might be too high, too low, whatever. But you're like, that does sound like Alec right. Baldwin. Or right, right, right. But what I think is interesting is when I hear you or that amazing iconic video you did in the old city where you're beatboxing mm. or just what you just did now, that's the result I know. As a performer, I know that's the result of you doing something that's not inherently cool, which is sitting around and practicing, <laughs> like just being in your room, right? Yeah, I, although it was pretty cool, I got to tell you. I mean, <laughs> let me just <laughs> tell me why I, it was cool. I want to know. I mean, well, I started out. I, I I didn't like rap music very much, and all my friends did. And I didn't. What play, year is this? We're about this the same like, age. I'm, yeah, this is in. in uh, I would say when I was in like middle school or, or right right in high school, ninth grade, like ninety. Uh, I graduated in 96. What is this, like Beastie Boys? I'm, I'm like, Batman's come out. <laughs> oh, no. It was like Wu-Tang Clan and Onyx. And it yeah. was like all this New York hip-hop, like Fat Joe and Big Pun. And, okay. And I was just like, a, 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 I was a hippie. I was into the Grateful Dead and Fish and Bob Marley. and But I didn't play any instruments. I loved music. And my friends rapped. And I, I, I started beatboxing. And I just could do it. Hmm. And then, then I start. That's how I started to love hip hop music. Was I started to understand music through beatboxing. I realized, like, okay, well, let's say I have these. I've got these three sounds, right? And I can put them together, like, 
and then I can put them together. But if I can, like we're talking about rhythm, you know, you can get in two places the same place, but fast or slow. If I just hit that snare just a little drop late, it gives it a whole different swagger. You know, yes. I started to learn all about music. So then what I did is I got I worked at Borders in the music section. No way. Yeah, in White Plains. I, I moved home <laughs> from Oregon and I, um, I, saw, I saved up and I bought a JBL, like a big, a big PA system. And I put it in my in my attic and I just sat there with effects and processors. <laughs> Dude, and figured out how I to make melody bounce around yes. and how to do all kinds of cool stuff. You and mean that like was how I learned. Delays or just like yeah, reverb, delays all that and stuff. reverbs and how to mess with it and all. And you can trip yourself out, right? I mean, oh, like you yeah. do stuff and you're like, I don't even know. Because I still, I, Val, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. I bought her, uh, I guess it would be a looper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's called, mm-hmm. a looper. And sometimes, especially if you're stoned <laughs> yes. and you play with a looper. It's incredible. Like, how the fuck? Like something that you said <laughs> by accident, like you yelling at the dog, comes back at this perfect time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And there can be something really, really magical about it. Mm-hmm. But you, so you got this thing that's not a looper. You're just you're putting. So yeah, I was just messing around with beatboxing. And then I put a drum set and I started singing and drumming and chanting and and doing all that kind of stuff. That was that was fun. But I mean, there was lame. Like when I started, my career started, and I had to learn how to take care of my voice and do singing lessons and speak a certain way. Yeah. So that was was that was like in the in the bedroom like. Yes, funny (laughs) working on my voice, (laughs) that sort of stuff. I have a friend that came and saw me at a show and just couldn't stop laughing. He's just cracking up the whole time. Well, did you see um, some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary? I didn't see it. Nah, Hetfield, James Hetfield, yeah, like is doing that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see the most metal band, one of the most metal bands ever, right? And he's got to do it. But you know, I do that too. I I got my vocal steamer and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I lose it. Because you think it's cool when you're young to, like, leave it all out there. Like, you should kind of burn a little bit. Right. Your throat should – you should lose it after the show. But if you do that – and that's not show business. No. You got another show. Yeah. You just exactly. fucked the 10 o'clock show because exactly. you didn't – you thought it was not cool to learn how to right. sing from what? You, you right. sing your words a little bit more? What are you doing? Well, yeah, right now. I'm actually – this isn't just general stuff. I'm, like, actually interested because okay, I so lose my voice a lot. Right now I'm speaking, like, exactly the opposite as how I should be Because you're up in your – No, I'm down here. You're down I woke up today. I like. I'm like. Uh, it's all. It's all down. But if I really, if I was really taking care of my voice right now, I would probably try to speak like this from the nose. No mask on, on the air on, on the, the breath, air. as opposed on to letting it grind down here on the air. on the air. <laughs> now your voice is lifted. You can sing. You can just uh, <laughs> on the air. Modest so on the air. My funny. voice teacher flips out. If he heard me speaking like this, modest. Uh, but why does it sound? I'm working a bit actually. A stand a bit yeah. about how effort isn't cool. Right. That's why doing the peace symbol this way is cooler than this way because you have to turn. <laughs> right. This yeah. is cooler. It's That's like I'm what trying I do. less. That's of course you are. You're trying less. <laughs> so like this is trying less. Like, I'm, I'm right. just like, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm just I'm talking real low and I don't give a shit. You know, right. like that's cool. But being like, hey guys, is like, and the bit is like that it's evolutionary. It's like you're giving away your position to predators. If you're yeah. like, what's up, ladies? Like, some a tiger might eat you. Yeah, but this guy is like a cool guy. Yeah, think Denzel, <laughs> cool guy, low right, down right, low. Right, right. <laughs> Slip in from you know. <laughs> but you, where were you playing the drums and looping, or not looping, and, and reverbing and, and delaying kind of stuff. With your par- at your parents' house? Yeah, I had moved away when I was 17, and I was back home. I was like 19 or 20 years old, and I was living back up at, in my parents' house in White Plains. Up oh, in wow. the attic. I was working at Borders, See, working out is- at the gym. 
you know, <laughs> going to the Y, trying to keep myself, you know, on track. And, That's amazing. Because yeah. you have that vision. That's what I think yeah. is so exciting. Okay, like, I'm a, I'm a comedian. That's amazing, too. You're yeah, a musician. That's a, right? But it's like, incredible. Like, we were talking about it yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. Just how hard how it was. How you guys be? are the new rock stars. <laughs> yeah. No way, really? Yeah, yeah, me and my band were talking. Me and a <coughs> cat named Tim Lefave, who's an incredible bass player, uh-huh. um, and my guitar player, Aaron, and another guy, Tim, we were all talking about comedians because we were listening to some, uh, what's his name, the dude from Boston? Uh, Bill Burr. Yeah. My just, favorite. We, I just couldn't stop. Bill Burr is amazing. laughing on the way to the airport. I know. We were just talking about how, and I was like thinking, I was like, is this, have I never just been tapped into it, or is there like a wave of Something happening happened. right now where it seems like... The public is just like more excited and open, and it's not like a little thing. Yeah, I mean, there's always been like since Richard Pryor, right? There's always been. Yeah, but then there was big... the boom. There was the '80s comedy boom. So what happened was comedy was there, and okay. then there's like Seinfeld and all that, and Lenny Bruce obviously starting it, and then Pryor and all that, and then in the '80s it really inflated into what was known as the bubble, and then the bubble okay. burst late '80s, and okay. all the comedy clubs became. Uh, you know, rock clubs and stuff like they went away. They went right. from discotheques right. to comedy clubs, right. back to like rock, clubs, rock and, clubs and live venues and stuff like that. But now, I don't know, like, but the music, any artist typically, but the comedian seems to have risen to the task where it's like, oh, we're allowed to say whatever we want. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. even with Kathy Griffin and the and the Trump head thing, which I know people are mixed about, but her lawyer was like, she's a comedian. Like that's right. a defense. Right, you're allowed to push. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, you're just, supposed to be on the front line of pushing. Right. Exactly what's. But it's funny because it's just a word. It's just a th- it's just a thing that you do. It's mm-hmm. like uh, you're like oh, but you, when you become a comedian, you just declare I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like saying I'm a barber, but you, yeah. you've never really cut a good head of hair. But you're just like you just are one. Right. And then I think comedians got wise to the idea that we had this creative license to speak truth to power, to speak whatever we wanted to whatever we wanted. And I think now we're hungry for authenticity in a way. And now not just to bring it back to you, I think that's what you bring to it because mm. I grew up we'll get into all this uh, I'm excited to talk to you about faith I grew up very religious and when I listen to your music one of the reasons it blows me away is because it's unembarrassed you know what I'm saying it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't apologize for talking about God or spirit or wholeness or unity or whatever you want to say mm. And the tradition I grew up in, evangelical Christians, we tried to have Christian rock. And I, I, nobody's saying you're doing no, no, I know what you mean. Jewish hip hop. No, Ray people Ray have definitely said that. It's okay. But please know yeah. that I'm not coming it's at okay. you like no, that. I don't mind. But when I hear you, I go, shit, fuck. That's what these probably mm. well-meaning Christian musicians were hoping for. Yeah. Was if I can hit it true enough. Yeah. Every, like Bob Marley right. sings about this stuff. Right, but they miss the boat, and I'll tell you exactly Tell why. me why. I'm excited. Because the music has to come. The music has to be the kadusha. It has to be the holy. It has to be the holy thing. Yeah. It can't be the vessel towards the thing. You I think, can't. I think when you yeah. make that mistake and you have the thing, like the idea that you is really the thing, yeah. and you're using music, yeah, as a beautiful way to try to tap into it, but it's just to get you to the thing. Isn't that funny? And automatically, it's not going to work. It's like being on a date with someone who just wants to fuck you. Yes. It's like, yeah. is, it the, is it dinner right now? Right. Or are you just trying to fuck me later? Right, right, right. And Christian Rock is the guy that's just like, I love this restaurant, yeah. but he just keeps looking at your tits. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's funny, even before you said that, and it makes me so happy to hear you say that, I can tell. Like, you're doing something that's authentic, and that makes a sound when mm. people do it. Even if, if they're architects or carpenters or whatever, school teachers, when they're doing what, what's right, what's kind of, like, written on their bones to do, mm-hmm. it sounds correct. So 
where a lot of guys like Christian music tried to get into like ska was really big in the mm-hmm. 90s and they were like oh yeah. we'll do Christian ska and there was a way not for you but there was a way that somebody could have been like okay let's try and make Judaism cool yeah. like some weird <laughs> guy <laughs> going like I'm sick and tired of like Judaism looking not hip and we mm-hmm. need to get more people in the temple I'm not saying this right. is what anyone really did no let's manufacture Modest Yahoo right he'll rap about God right and we'll, we'll sell some Torahs yeah <laughs> And our dicks would have gone limp the second week. But when you play, you go, this guy means it. And you get licensed because the music's legit to sing about what you want. And we believe you. But when you're you're writing and performing, I, I also get the sense that you're not... Coming at it with an agenda. To yeah, like, I was n- I'm never thinking about it from an outside perspective of like, how will this be received? Actually, you know, I just I went after that music just because that was my love, just because that's the only thing that made me feel right in the world. That's and I knew that that was what I needed to do, and that's what I wanted to be involved in. I, I knew it was express expressive and expression. And then, because you had that itch, yeah. Kids like I used to go in my mom's garage with the four track, and I loved the solitude of it. Mm-hmm. And the, but you could get expression out of it. Mm-hmm. You found something you were looking for. You needed to get your insides out. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, I didn't, f- I didn't feel I fit in anywhere. I didn't have like a thing, like a girlfriend or a sport or a best friend, yeah. or you know, it was just like <laughs> I just I got into like listening to music, and I was just like, this is it. I love it, and I don't know how how I'm going to do it or what it's going to look like or how mm. it's going to... And then what I started to find as I started doing it, I started getting to the reggae thing and spending a lot of time on my own just listening and absorbing mm. and taking it in. And then, you know, I'd have a mic in my bedroom and I'd get instrumental tapes on Canal Street and I'd play, like, Dre beats or whatever, and I'd start singing this reggae thing because that's what I was listening to. And I had all these Old Testament references, so it felt like... The, the words lyrically, like when I was writing the lyrics, I you mean make your the, lyrics had yeah, I can make no, 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 all that style of music, that reggae style, oh, yes. music, and yeah, the yeah, dance yeah. hall. It was Zion. all like, I yeah. mean, everybody's singing about yeah, Zion yeah, it was all, I, so I could use those references yeah. and it wouldn't be weird, you know what right. I mean? Like, it was like, oh, yeah, of course, if you're not looking at me being Jewish, it didn't sound like you know, like, like, like a religion substituting certain words, right? Because it, it all throws came off of that what a pocket to see yeah. it's like you must feel like a and then then when i started doing it at like open mic nights like the new eureka poets cafe right here uh-huh. um, i used to come i remember crashing my parents car on the fdr like as i was coming here i was like i remember i was pulling my car over here <laughs> crashed and, but um yeah there was an open mic in alphabet city yeah new eureka poets cafe oh, wow. and it was it was awesome spot when i was in college here at the new school hmm. and um and uh, and then I realized that there was this element of surprise that like people would look at looked at me and they, you know, they would like kind of like all right here comes like Matt or whoever this white kid you know goes right. to school I didn't have anything like I didn't look any exotic in any way right and then like when the right beat came on and I would spit and I would hit that reggae thing people would flip yeah out and yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, okay yeah. element of surprise. That's gonna work for me. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, keep yeah, that, yeah. Keep that in. But in again, the if it had been reverse engineered, if someone right. said, "Let's get a, a white oh, right, kid, right, let's to get do that. a, a Jewish kid," I know you're not uh, wearing Hasidic stuff yet, but nobody's reverse engineering some sort of marketing campaign, right? Which is beautiful. Yeah. Even the reggae connection, where you're like, "Oh shit, there's these Old Testament references in this shit. That's my shit." Right. You saw an exactly. opening. Yeah. That's really exciting, and then people love. Tiny guy, big voice. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You're not a tiny guy. You're 6'4". But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. we love when things don't look like what they are. Right. 
and and that excites us. So I can't imagine the electricity when you would go up. Yeah. And then, so then, but then when I became religious, really, like, that was all pre-me being religious. I was, like, on a spiritual kind of path. I was searching. What did that look? Because you mentioned fish. Yeah, so, so I So I'm mean, assuming we talked to God a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, we spoke to God. <laughs> I mean, did you take, you took some hallucinogens and yeah, stuff? Yeah, quite a bit. I'm, uh, this isn't a leading question. I'll just tell you exactly where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I w grew up religious, as we already talked about, kind of lost my faith, got back into it a little bit. But then I took mushrooms, and it really made me kind of get a grasp on what I was kind of after. It felt like coming home in a bit of a way. Mm -hmm. I was wondering You've if got you... got some answers. Exactly. Some questions. It just felt like that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know... Uh... Yeah, I took, psychic... I took acid the first time in Worcester, Massachusetts. Hey, I'm from show. Massachusetts. No way, really? <laughs> At the Centrum. No way, the what's mm -hmm. the Centrum kid? You took some acid yes. from some kid named Sully. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. How old were you? Um, I was 16. 16 years old. You're yeah. at a concert. And I had been to Israel that fall. I okay. had spent the whole fall in Israel. Is and that I, birthright? or It was like a program for American kids where you could study in Israel for like three months. Okay. Where, were, went, where were you in, there? Right outside of Tel Aviv. Okay. Yeah, and we would go see the sites. You would learn about what happened when Moses walked with the people into, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and you would then go see it. And it was I studied a semester time. in uh, Jerusalem myself. Oh, nice. In the old city, Jaffa Gate. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to do all that. Yeah. So that was an exciting time. I came back from that and I was like, ah, oh, I was just bummed to be back in high school. And right? Be like, what? Dude, I felt the same way when I came back from Israel because yeah. it's so alive yeah. there. Well, it's called an aliyah when you go to Israel. Like, it's a Hebrew word means to be raised up. Oh, wow. And when you leave, it's, a, it's like a descent. Like, ah. spiritually, you feel it. <laughs> So that's when, yeah. So that's when I went to this concert and I and I and I dropped acid for the first time and I experienced music in a way that, you know, I was like, this is it. Who this was playing? It. it was Fish. Oh, Fish. I'm sorry. That's yeah, right. So you were kind of. I've never done hallucinogens at like a concert like that, mm. but I have to imagine. Well, that music for me is like everything is auditory. Like when I'm tripping or anything, it's all auditory. Like a lot of people are very visual. Yeah. For me, sounds and and stuff like that, I'm very sensitive to. Huh. So to be in an arena and and the music just felt so right to me, and I just felt you know the energy, everything swirling, and you know every all cylinders firing. Yes. Sixteen years old, like boom, yes. boom, boom, like. This is incredible. Like, if we were tripping right now, that noise you made with the mic stand would still be doing that. <laughs> like, from the We'd beginning. We'd be, like, tapping on things. I'd, I'd be begging for you to beatbox more. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, right? I mean, it's that feeling of, like, this is amazing. Every sound is a miracle. So imagine what a fish concert sounds yeah. like. Yeah, with the lights, where you're in the lights. and It's yes. not like a show where you're looking at the performer and you're in the audience. Those shows are designed to make you feel that you're in, with, with the lights to make you a, a part of it yeah, all. Yeah, so yeah. it feels you're like you're in this big like mixing pot of, of energy and, right. and music. It's and, like me on the train. I'm going like, these are my brothers and sisters, but you're like literally colored all fuchsia. Like you're yeah. all together purple. All the colors are mixing <laughs> and yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that, you had to trip for five, six hours. I mean, that, that's yeah, more I, than the well, show. That was, a fun, that was a fun night. I mean, I remember like just all of that was first time like walking into a 7-Eleven after and just being like, why do I feel so weird? And then like, okay, these lights are weird. Like fluorescent lighting is strange compared to like like the light show I just came from that yeah. cost how many thousand you know yeah <laughs> and like and then like just and like we started driving and and we had no we just had no idea where we were going and yeah. at some point we pulled over and there was a hotel it was all kids fish kids you know we ran inside and spent the whole night like 
just raging in different hotel rooms. Really? You know? No way. Yeah, and I, then I realized that this was a lifestyle that there were like all these kids my age who were just were like, we're Following not going pitch. back to school. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Sorry. And I, when I realized that that was an option, I was like, you know, I had this crazy cousin, Adam, in Rybrook, and I, he had lived like in these tunnels in the subway when he was in high school. So what? I would always go for advice to him. And he had these we- <laughs> like weeping willow trees and these tree houses in his backyard that he spent his time like, like you know, climbing in these tree houses. And he was like, just take whatever change you have. You can do it. You what? Know? Yeah. So who I, is so this we guy? Like, he lived in the trains, he, but he also had tree houses. Yeah, his parents, like you know, his dad was a lawyer in Rybrook, but like at some <laughs> point he left home and he lived in this, this like this. This so he to this day he says there's this whole uh, underground um, community community in the subways underground central station. And there's this whole, like, network of people. And I've seen that there. on TV. I've never seen he, that. He says – I saw him, like, two weeks ago. He's talking about it. I'm like – and he's so, a, he, now he's, like, an accountant. With, but that's like, like a movie. I mean, like, here's the journey of, of you. Yeah. Here's Matt. And you need – you get this call. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, there's this other way of living. And it, mm-hmm. I know to some people it might just sound like you just want to do drugs. Yeah. But it also, in another way, it sounds like you're opening up. Oh, so you're yeah. calling. Like, yeah, like, you like this music. is my my life. I can do what I want with it. Like well, exactly. Why am I doing anything but what I'm supposed to be doing? I know society tells me I'm supposed to wait until I'm this age or this age. Right, or this right. age. You're supposed but to like, do this, 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 and but this. then you have your Obi Wan Kenobi weirdo yeah. guy living in a weeping willow behind <laughs> yes. his father. The disappointed. Yes. I'm going to add disappointed. The disappointed Alcoholic. lawyer. <laughs> But disappointed, but knows his son is secretly happier than than him as he pours himself another bourbon. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's far out, man. I'm telling stories about his father. His dad? Maybe we shouldn't. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, his father's far out, too. But this guy was like a weird, a weird, the show's called You Made It Weird. We yeah. have a fondness for weird. Yeah, he was, was weird, but weird he was guy. awesome. He was like, this, like I mean. girls loved him. He was like, he he took LSD and like, he was just like, oh, he was awesome. He was so weird. So on his own <laughs> trip. Literally like him and his friends like swinging on vines in their backyard, you know, like just like totally weird. Sleeping on a board on the floor, you know, like he had a whole trip. He was the first person to tell me about the Kabbalah. I had a lot of people like this in my life. So he was I've a been, mystic. Well, yeah, he was a he was kind a, of yeah. I guess. He wasn't he's, a now he's an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> now he's a, an accountant with a red bracelet. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. He's straightened out. What's that? Has he straightened out or is yeah, he still? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. But when you needed, uh, like yeah, he was like someone... a couple years older than me. Only he was like yeah. four years older than me. Or something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. His bar mitzvah, he ripped the Torah with the pointer. And then he no. hocked the loogie to try to seal it up before the rabbi saw. He spit a, a loogie into the Torah. What? <laughs> and they won't let the women touch it? <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> this kid spit on yeah, it. He's a legend. He's a legend. That's, like in my life, he's one of those. That's an amazing figures. story. I've heard yeah. some good bar mitzvah stories where, you know, you forget the words or you yeah. panic. This kid ripped it with the oh, pointer? Oh, yeah, for the pointers. It's sharp. He pushed too hard, I guess. And then he ripped it. And he thought the rabbi didn't see. And I guess there was like a little piece of paper. He was like. No. Oh my God! That's he wasn't insane. allowed back to synagogue like ever. I mean, isn't that a huge yeah, deal? Yeah, that's a huge. Like, if you drop the tour, everyone has to fast for like forty days. Is it? 40 is it days? really? If you drop the Torah, well, he he ripped and spit into the Torah. Whoa. That's a whole nother. 
how much fasting makes this better. <laughs> I don't know. But what did you get from this guy? You got the idea that yeah, I mean, you don't have to go as extreme as he did, but maybe you can. No, I mean, I'm just joking around. But basically, yeah, he was like, that was like a, an opening into another world. And, mm. um, and, then, and then as I, you know, I got into the music and I went down that whole journey, that's what it all became about for me. It was just like um, just exploring the world, you know. Mm. And then eventually I, I felt I needed the discipline and the religion, you know. Like I had what, to bring where, it back to the other, the other side. I had gone far out. You yeah, know, you went way. to the other way. And I needed to try to like rein it in. I know it's New Testament, but you went John the Baptist. You know John the Baptist? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell me. I don't know that much. John really. the Baptist is just, just he, he was Jewish. He yeah. was wandered around <laughs> eating locusts and, uh, and honey. And it just kind of like sounds like your friend. My favorite. Like a crazy, yes. crazy guy. <laughs> we I actually know. did that on two occasions. In Israel? Locusts and honey. The little black pods? <laughs> oh, because <laughs> when I was in Israel, they, they were have like, that these real. are locusts. <laughs> they were showing, because we always thought it was the bugs, but there's like a little, mm. it looks like a black pea pod. Oh, okay. That's like a, a locust. Anyway, this is what they say. You know what it's like being in Israel. They're like, yeah. this is where uh, Elijah, or maybe, I don't know, guys, it was a long time ago. <laughs> like, it's very, it's very Something different. happened here. Our, our teacher would always be like, nobody knows where that happened like, you'd be like just, just relax just relax the wall was here or whatever it was um but uh you you saw the extreme but then you what was it that you felt that you weren't getting from kind of not anarchy but kind of insanity yeah i mean i i, <laughs> I just i just i didn't have the, the balance i didn't have the ability to how was that manifesting in your to, life were you well i was in school but i was really i wanted to do music and I was I was sitting with different bands and I had little opportunities, but I wasn't like I didn't have my band. I didn't have like a, I wasn't writing music. It was before everyone was recording music their own on their own. Really, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I didn't really have the ability, and I didn't know really what direction to go. So I just was like, well, let me you know let me get like, and I I wanted to be clear and sober and hmm. all that whole trip. And so and then I just I just I was like I'm, I need to pray for it. I just I, I got to a point in my life where I was just like nowhere left really except to pray. And I've had that moment like several times. But you didn't have someone in your life who was practicing. No, really. No, but I started this praying when I was intuition? when I was a kid, like all the way back when I was like a teenager. I would do that. I would have these moments where I would get away from everybody, like on fish tour or whatever. I'd go take a walk. And I would talk to talk to God. I would pray. I really believed in Again, God. Again, just following an intuition. Yeah, just like I don't know who you are or what you are, but I feel like you have some purpose in my life, and I have some purpose for you, and help me like get through when I would feel have these really like breakdown kind of moments. You know? Really? And so, so that's what I started doing. And I started praying like on the roof of my school. I started going up on the, on the roof with a talus that I had from my grandfather <laughs> and a prayer book, and I could read Hebrew, but I didn't know what it meant. And I would just like I would pray. I would, I would talk about weird Hebrew prayers. Talk about weird. Yeah, I mean, you'd, I, you'd read the prayers. I would go like <laughs> up onto the roof of the new school. I would climb the ladder onto the last like section and get up on the roof <laughs> during the sunset with a talus <laughs> and a prayer book and pray like a nut on the on the. So I'd probably get shot now. Like pre nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what this guy's doing, but he has some sort of weird blanket <laughs> in the book. He's saying something that's not English. <laughs> you'd, yeah, you'd be sniped. You'd be sniped immediately. But I'm very interested in that. People that listen to this podcast will always be like, I wonder if you're like an old soul. This is something that you remember. I don't want to <laughs> pitch you reincarnation. But yeah. when a kid feels like a really strong – but you say your grandfather had it. You never saw him – no, no, Do but it? I had a vision of it, you know, because I'd been to Israel. I had seen Hasidim davening. I had seen people praying. I knew it was a real thing. It, it piqued my interest, you know, years before. Okay. But I wasn't ready to do any kind of disciplined 
right. like real religion, but I, I like the idea of it and I like the notion. The structure. It um, almost sounds no, like, like the spirituality. The spirituality, of it, not yeah. the structure. Not the structure. And then when I, later on, when I was in, you know, at this point in college, I was like, all right, I need the structure mm. if I'm going to like move further in my life. So I was like, okay, if I can get the structure and there's this whole ancient spirituality and it's tied to me, let me just forget about music and everything that I want. And let me just, I just delved in. I just jumped in. Because of the cultural inheritance, you kind of leaned towards Judaism, yeah, I'm absolutely. Because you yeah. could have just been like, oh, I'll just become a Franciscan. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, well, I have friends that did that. Is you know, that right? Franciscan <laughs> and everything else before. Yeah, no. I but got, that's so interesting that it wasn't the structure. It wasn't like I need to go into military school and get my act straight. You were well, just at like, that point, it was. Okay. Like, at first, it was like, it was about a lot of different things. It was about identity. Like the first time I wore a yarmulke, like in, on the subway, all of a sudden, I just felt like, oh, wow, like I'm a thing. Yeah. You know, like all of a sudden, I went from this like white nothing to I get it now I'm a thing dude like, I started wearing I, I was in a punk rock band in high school and the first time I wore my jacket that had yeah. studs on I know that sounds stupid because yeah. I'm such a corny dude <laughs> but in high school I was just searching so hard for my thing yeah. and I was the younger brother and I didn't have an identity I didn't fuck around I didn't do drugs I didn't right. have girlfriends like like we were saying right. and I was like well I really like fucking rancid <laughs> and I'd, so I'd wear a fucking studded belt and be yeah. like this is me now baby. I have a thing I have a yeah. thing yeah. but I mean like as stupid as it sounds now because we're grown as yeah. men right. when you're young I get the young I've never worn a yarmulke right. I have you know services and stuff but right. like I've never worn one on the subway I completely get it yeah. you put it on just like a, a Yankees yeah. cap and or... the tits was cool I liked it it dangled it like kind of I wore baggy clothes. It yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fit. I was like, I'll grow my beard, and it'll be my thing. Oh yeah, thanks. And then, um, and then basically, uh, so there was that element of it. There was the element that I felt like I needed the discipline to mm. move further. There was the element that I felt there was like a real spirituality there that I could work towards. That sort of hallucinogenics had given me a, a vision of, and mm -hmm. now it was time for me to grow up and like. Okay, achieve that now mm -hmm. through some spiritual practice. That's all I cared about. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to get back to that first fish show in a way, you know, that was a, in a real way. So that know? felt divine. I'm, I'm not just leading you. I am oh, leading yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. it did feel divine. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Now that we know that my agenda is to get you to be like, yeah. it was a divine experience. Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And wanting a practice and a tradition to plug us into that space uh you know i it, there's one in every religion there's garden of allah there's the kingdom of heaven which is christian and i believe you i bet you'll know how to say it shekinah shekinah the shekinah shekinah yeah pr presence of, with yeah. god being with yeah. god so you experience some um, say it again uh the shekinah yeah it's See, like man a, you're you're whatever that thing game is on tight <laughs> it's really good i can't even do that do yeah there you go shekinah shekinah Good. That's All right. Great. <laughs> All right. So you're doing that, <laughs> but yeah, you felt yeah. that it, you felt like felt a oneness. Connection. And then, and then I felt. Then what happened is I well before I re I found this synagogue on the Upper West Side called the Karlbach Shul, which is a very musical place, very special place, very different from any other synagogue I'd ever walked into. And I had this night. It was like ten o'clock at night, and I was like trying to find a synagogue. I was bummed out. I met this like homeless dude somewhere, and he was like, "Yeah, check. There's a synagogue here." I walked in. They happened to have like a service, a nighttime service, and it's a beautiful place with like it's just such a cool vibe. And I came back, and then I heard this music. And there's this whole tradition from this rabbi. He's passed away now, called Shlomo Karbach, who had this whole incredible um, melodies that he put to music. So mm. then I fell in love with like this. He was writing his own stuff. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. He was no writing his own way. stuff. And he That's was playing amazing. at, like, folk festivals in the 60s. He had this place called the House of Love and Prayer in Berkeley. And he was, he's a cat. He's a real cat. And, and today, in the Jewish tradition, his melodies have been adopted as, like, the mainstream melodies that people use in the prayer services. That's so funny. Yeah. And he was, he was just an amazing character. That's and amazing. there were books about him. And so I got in. That became that my trip. That was your was temple. Like, so you were looking for a service, and you went to that I temple? I found one. Yeah. And I had spent months, like, looking for it. And I'd go into this one. And I thought it was too corny or this one wasn't nothing felt authentic right and there there was this music so then i started like running there all the time i would just like you know when i got as a kid too <laughs> when i got into something it was just like full force right you know? so i would I a, lot a lot of creative people there. i know have that in common it's like it's like i want to get into temple and i'm gonna get into temple yeah, or whatever it is there was you something going obsessed. on that i loved and i was like okay i'm obsessed with and it. you weren't gonna drop it until yeah. you knew what it was about but it's it's interesting to me because you know, with some of the other Jewish guests we've had on the show, it's like they, they feel a yearning to their cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Judaism is interesting in that way, where it's the heritage and the faith. And, and yeah. they're separate, but they're together. And just like Catholics, people that are raised Catholic kind of feel that yearning and that guilt to go back to it. You weren't going, I ought to be a good boy and do this. You were looking for the juice. You were yeah. looking for a place that moved you the mm. way that a fish concert under right. lights on LSD right, did. Right. And you found a singing <laughs> rabbi. Well, he was already passed away, but he I was found like, his legacy. Like his, no it was his way. synagogue and the, his, his tunes. And See, that's no matter what, what the church is, so much of it is done. You know what I mean? It's yeah. everybody reproducing what had already happened. Yeah. So the fact that you came into a place that had just had some new breath breathed into it mm. is pretty remarkable. Yeah. And of course you were would be drawn to it. Yeah. And it was just, a, it just had the right flavor for me. It was like the right, you know. <laughs> what was, was like the, the music right. like? I don't, I it was can't like, even imagine. Uh, ah, was, was his music, I mean, we, we, let's see, uh, it's, it, it, how do I describe it? Very soulful, like yearning kind of quality to it. But it's just the actual melodies are very simple. And what I found is that the, a lot of great music is, is just really simple melodies, but it's just the right melody, and it's mm. just sung the right way with the right authenticity. Mm. Um, so it was it was basic, really basic stuff, but it's just mm-hmm. like beautiful, soulful. Your music melodies. has that. I'm not just I'm not just buttering your bread. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just, like your music has that because I typically don't like uh, pop music because it gets in my head. I have a little bit of OCD, so if I hear I like the shape of you, I go, fuck you. Yeah. I get in the car right. and I go, please, can you please turn that off? It's my friend. I go, please turn that off because it'll be in my head for yeah, the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah. Your, your shit, I was listening to it, obviously, I just mentioned, and I'm like surprised that it's so poppy, yet there's no pop to it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you're saying. This guy's doing simple melodies done very well. Yeah. And you're doing something that I'm like, oh, I can see why this would be a top 40 hit. Mm-hmm. Yet, it doesn't feel sound like... like it. it doesn't Sonically, sound like... it's not like sounding like it's made of the same stuff. It took the... Th- we had the thing and then the thing was turned and polished and shiny and that's where we get like boy bands and all that stuff. But then there is, we can go back to the original impetus for having the shiny version. You know what I mean? You went right. back to like the stone and dirt version of it. Right. But it was still simple and good. Right, like right. drum circle stuff, yeah, like yeah. basic stuff yeah. where you're like, this moves me, my heart syncs up with this beat, and I like the sound of his voice, and he's yearning, you're talking about soulful yeah. yearning, I can feel that he feels what he's feeling, and that makes me feel it. So I, this guy sounds like an inspiration for you. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, it was great. Not just spiritually. And then I just read there was all these stories about him, and just, you know, giving yourself over to God, and this sort of like what they called holy chutzpah, like this <laughs> this level of like... You know, uh, just like 
just doing crazy things for you know for God. So I got onto that whole trip. What's that? So okay. that whole, what was this holy? Like, for example, like uh, I met a rabbi and I saw a rabbi, long beard, walking down the street. I saw him come out of where a school. So mm-hmm. I said, like, do you teach classes? You know. So I want to learn, you know, it's like, this is like, oh, I want to learn from this rabbi. It's like mystical. <laughs> so he kept trying to ditch me off onto this like other rabbi who like had no very beard, rabbi, like small yarmulke. I'm like, I don't want to learn from that guy. I want to <laughs> learn from the guy with the long beard, you know. <laughs> and like, finally, he's like, okay, you know, here's what you can do. And he said, there's a, a Russian kid in the hospital over here on the Lower East Side who um, he can't move. He got in an accident. Go put the filling on him. And I thought he meant like that day. But he meant every day at this specific time. Oh, wow. So I would go, like, you know, some random stranger to the hospital. I wasn't barely even putting tefillin on myself. Tefillin is these black boxes with right, the with prayers in them. Yeah. And I would go, and every day I would have this moment with this kid who was, like, almost paralyzed. And I'd put tefillin on him. I'd never done anything like that before. Um, but there was a certain high that, you know, came with that feeling of, like, oh, wow. Like, this is no longer about me. It's no longer about... You know, trying to get this feeling at this concert mm. or about my own. This is a, there's something in, in just service and just mm-hmm. doing for, you know, and there's a humility. And that, that's when I was like, okay, now it's time to dismantle your ego. Yeah. You're moving to Crown Heights. You're going to live in a basement. You're going to study Torah. You're not going to listen to music. You're not going to look at girls. Daddy, you're not going to do what, anything. How old are you? I was uh, just graduating college, so I was like twenty. Dude, that's crazy early. Twenty two. That's amazing to to even identify yeah, your and ego I just as took something it apart. else. Yes. Everything I even thought God was, everything I know nothing, and I just went in, and um, that and that, that was that was in like in the next. That's hardcore. That's yeah. amazing. So you were like you were young. Yeah, and and a young man goes, I want to feel God the way you feel a good cup of coffee or something. You're like, it's it's not bad, but it is a little bit self centered or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was all about me. It was all about like trying to climb this spiritual ladder. So to you could feeling. get to the top, right? And, and you then, could, yeah. And then what Judaism, what I started to learn was like that. That's that's not the point. That's not what it's about. Okay, so you moved to this basement, and what do you mean? What, what was the lesson? Do you, does some a teaching or a passage step out in your mind where it's like, okay, it's not about some ego trip? I felt that I just had to let go. I had to let go of everything that I knew, everything that I wanted. You know, like I'm sure, like I don't know, like I wanted to be a musician my whole life. I wanted to do music. I had to just examine it. Well, why do you really want that? And and let go. Buddy, of it. that's it. Yeah, that's you just. I'm sorry, you just said a mouthful. It's like, why do you want what you want? Right. Why do you want what you and want? Nobody asks. Right. I want to be rich and famous. Right. Why? Blowjobs. Right. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is why. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sure you meet musicians. Yeah. It's the ones that like, and comedians, if you want to be famous or you want to meet girls or you want to be rich, it's like, ah, maybe some of you will make it, but yeah. most of you are going to no. fucking get thrown yeah. into the river. You and I had, this, I had this dream, actually, that was like really, really cool, which is... Um, I was in a synagogue, like this Moroccan synagogue, and there were these tigers in there. And one of them, I was playing with this tiger, and the mother came, and she started spewing fire on me. And I was like, afraid in the dream. I'm thinking I'm burning. And then all of a sudden, I realized that actually, like, I'm not burning, like the burning bush. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm engulfed, but I'm not going up. Yeah. And then I realized I could play with the fire, and I can hold it. And I realized it's because my hand is made out of water. And Moshe, Moses, means Moshe drawn from the water. Mm-hmm. And he sees the burning bush. 
and he's chosen as a leader for the Jewish people, but he doesn't want it. He's considered to be one of the humblest, the humblest men, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and that's from the water. So that humility and the fire is like your. You, that's more like your creativity, your ego, and your, you know, your spirit. And so, how does like someone like stand the test of time? A musician, how do they not? overdose on drugs or, 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 or stop caring about what they were, you know, having that, that fire. Yeah. It's like the right balance in that mix. Yeah. So. I actually, I found it. I found you telling that story online oh, cool. and you mentioned that the fire turned into water. Yeah. Yeah. The actual fire was made out of water. Yeah. 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 Which is it. I mean, how do you not burn out? It's, it, you, you're either going to flare up or you're going to flow. Right, right. Right. So you're, you're finding that, that message. I think that's it. Were you asleep when you had this dream? Yeah. I know that's yeah. a silly question, but I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you're praying. Maybe you're having. No, no, I was sleeping. It was like I had this. I had this. Uh, at one point, I had these really vivid dreams for a while. Like it was about maybe that's four. That's so five Old years Testament, ago. dude. <laughs> <laughs> like four or five years ago, I had all these vivid dreams. I, was, I started taking psychedelics again. Actually, really? Yeah. Okay, so during this very serious time, you I was were still totally like, I'm like, gonna. I was yeah. I wasn't smoking weed. I was the alcohol was sort of a part of the culture, so there was drinking, heavy drinking, but it wasn't like on a daily. You know, uh-huh. It was like when you drank, you drank heavily. Okay, a couple times a week, but no weed. You're no, saying- I wasn't smoking weed. It just did never. It didn't add up to me. Like you know, studying. I'm studying the way that like analytical things, like my, the way my I'm trying to get my brain to work. I'm trying to get away from more like the creative side and get more into you know the other side of myself to just. You know, Which focus you think down, that kind buckle of down and study. And, weed can kind of dull that part. Yeah, of weed is more like the create. I think, yeah, exactly. I think yeah, weed helps abs- you relax. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good for your memory. It's not, you know. Right. There's it's, certain things it's not good it's for. It's not good for discernment. Right. Necessarily. It's not like a sh- the sharp. I think that's a. It a, doesn't make you sharp. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Buddhist thing is the, the blade of discernment is like mm. how you can distinguish truth from folly and all these sorts of things. And sometimes if, if you're smoking a lot of pot, I, I haven't gets, smoked in a couple of weeks, yeah. and I totally go like, shit, I can hold on to God thoughts easier. Mm-hmm. I wish that weren't true. Yeah. And I'm not anti-pot. Yeah. But the truth is, yeah. sometimes I, I look at something I read when I was smoking, and mm-hmm. I don't – if I'm if I'm smoking, I don't understand it. Yeah. And then if I'm not smoking, I read it, and it makes me weep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like – because it gets in somewhere. Even though I don't think of faith as something in your intellect, there's something – that not having too many clouds up there can kind of help. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. But you I, s- absolutely, I, I absolutely agree 100%. If you're on the path and you're like doing the work, you're not supposed to be like Stone doing up. any kind of like anything. <laughs> yeah. And you're supposed to be on the path doing the work. Right, 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 right. That's Feeling not always it. so like, yeah, that's not always, um, for most of us, that's not always like an option all the time. Right. And it's not, it's not very sexy or rock and roll or cool. But I mean like yeah. – here you are in a basement and you're really kind of sweating it out. So yes. for God, you're still taking psychedelics. So you you speak to whatever you want. Well, well, <laughs> well, uh, well. Like when I was so basically, I had this moment where I started taking kind of like tutelage from this this rabbi who was a little bit off his rocker. You man, Again, I love I you, man. Like what weirdest, is going on? I this love cat, it. This cat's Your like this old life. classical piano player from Russia. He's like this mystery who shows up at, at our classes, even though he's older. <laughs> and everyone's like, stay away from this guy, stay away from this guy. He's out of his mind. And like, I, of course, like of gravitated course. right to him and gave myself over to him completely. So he, he somehow heard that I did this music. He's a rabbi. He, yeah, 
I think guess so. Yeah, that was a very rabbinical yeah. sound. <laughs> Everyone's a rabbi over there. You know? <laughs> I, but, I just thought I heard you say rabbi. He, he was just a dude yeah, in the class. Yeah, but he but was he a rabbi. Kind of like He's an older cat, look. Hasidic dude. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was a rabbi. Yeah, he okay. definitely had his rabbinical certificate or whatever. Sure. But so does Shmuley, who's like 19 years old right. down the street. So, <laughs> you know, I mean. Like, Everyone there is a rabbi. You know, right, everyone right, right. has their certificate or whatever. But it's not like he's leading up a congregation. No, not everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. leads a congregation, yeah, yeah. right? But being a rabbi is like, having, that, it's that like an MD. You know what I mean? Right, right. That, like, that actually helps like me understand. Like they studied, they got their, their degree right. or whatever. Right, right, right. Okay. So, here's so, the, so this cat. What's like, his name? His name is Zev. Zev! And this cat, like, but he's intense. And he, he can see, like, right into you and just tear you apart. He just knows he's one of those cats. He just knows he sees all the the bullshit like he sees right through you and then he he has fun like playing with you like on those things so he started doing this and like somehow he realized i did music i don't know somehow people were talking about it what happened was one night we all went up to the catskills and one night um we were all drinking the rabbis the families everyone's there and they're singing and someone knew that i did it and i got up on a table and like rapped and did my whole thing and from that point on people were like no, they were like, they were like he, he does it. So, so this got back to this guy and he, he basically, there was like a line in the Torah that talks about idol worship through making sounds, through making like these weird sounds. And um, he, he tells the Gabbai that, that it's like my turn, like it's my birthday, which it wasn't. So yeah. then I get called up at this particular place. And then when I read that thing, um, you know, afterwards he's like, did you see like, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, idol worship sounds like, oh, of course, like, I can't do this. So this is like the way this guy worked me like this, you know. Wait, he was trying to convince He was trying to you. convince me that doing music was something you couldn't do if you were religious, if Buddy, you were Hasidic, if you loved God. You're reminding me of my mom's old church lady friends that would yeah. say, like, offering strong drink is like offering, like, because yeah. I would perform in bars. So it's like if you perform in a bar, you're offering like a fast you can't carriage to hell, basically. Yeah, you can't hit. That's what they would say. It's like you can't go into that place and survive. You would, there's no way. Buddy, same. So they worked me like, and, and it was one, one person in particular. And, but I, I truly feel that like in that, that is when I gave it up. Like there, you know, you can, you can convince yourself of a lot of things like, okay, but deep down, why are you really doing this? Are you really doing it because for different reasons but I can honestly say like there was a moment there where I was like I'm done you walked away yeah I'm done this isn't I can't do music I can't do it I have to do it because you were so into it man you I were think like that's, a real that's where I got the blessing to do it like in that moment in your surrender yeah like well, there's... for real the real one well you have a line in one of your songs that gave me the chills where I, I'm gonna get it wrong so let's just get ready for me to get it wrong mm-hmm. But it's something, the sentiment is like if you give up yourself you'll be made whole mm, yeah that's it's, right. it's real third way thinking it's getting more from giving away. Right. And we know this. And it's cute and it, it's kind right. of in pop culture. But it's right. a very deep spiritual idea, mm-hmm. which is in losing your ego, you gain everything. Mm-hmm. And lo- you letting go of your drive to do it emboldened you to do it. Yeah. And sometimes that happens in a dark way. Like it doesn't always happen. In, it just sounds kind of mad, bad. But it doesn't, right. It, it doesn't always happen like in a, in a positive or loving way. Like sometimes it happens in a... In dark, twisted ways, but you get to a certain point, and from that point is where some somehow something cracks open. Is that what this was? This was a little bit dark and twisted. Oh, absolutely! It yeah. seems kind of yeah, fucked yeah. up. It got, it got dark. <laughs> it got dark while I was in that place. You know, I started to really lose myself because when you jump into like a religion like that and you really go full on, so then all of a sudden everything starts to become, <clears throat> especially when you're dealing with ideas and studying the philosophy heavy. 
everything becomes ideas. Nothing becomes real. <laughs> and even yourself, and you start to lose completely. Lose, you know, lose. lose you unravel. In it. Yeah. Um, and then some people like don't re-put themselves back together. Hmm. Yeah, I think you know. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know anybody necessarily that that happened to, but there is something about the fervor of. At this point, are we Hasidic? Are we? Yeah, yeah. We're going that way. <laughs> Full force. There seems to be the ecstasy of knowing God. Of the praying and the chanting and all that stuff. And it's like, why would you want to do anything else sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. kind of some of the guilt that was being laid on you? Or? Well, no, I think I think that that was true. Like, it's like, yeah, you just want to spend your time trying to, yeah, do, do one thing. But then there's all these other things that come up. Like, okay, you're going to meet a woman. You're not going to shake her hand. Um, right. Okay, you believe that uh, somehow your soul is, is, is on a higher level than everybody else's. Is that one of them? not Jewish. There's just tons of things. Oh, that, that this isn't. I'm not trying to put you in a corner where it's like. Why does <laughs> a Jewish people's frequency? I'm just saying. There's a lot of. There's a lot of things. And then all of a sudden, you start find yourself every time you're talking to a friend, you're trying to convince them they need to come back with you to Crown Heights to take a mikvah, and you know. So I started become. You start becoming. I started to become someone who I wasn't. You yeah. know, in terms of trying to always get people to like all my Jewish friends to become more religious, and then you you know it's like okay, wait, wait. You know, slow down. You're the guy. Yeah. It's an interesting phenomenon. We do these things to help ourselves. You can go off sugar. Let's right. just take right. you go off sugar. Right. Before you know it, there's a real danger. You start becoming the guy who tells everyone who's eating sugar around them right. that there's sugar. It's evil. It's evil. And it's in your salad dressing. <laughs> and it's in the sushi. You know what I mean? It's and everywhere. You, and you yeah. like take spirituality out of it. You just start like lay everything okay? Feel some hub. <laughs> <laughs> Felt a little bub. <laughs> A little hubbub. I'm a very empathetic person, and I'm feeling vibes. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, what were they saying? About the sugar and the yeah, person yeah. that comes. Yeah. So here you are doing something that is kind of very, very cool and personal for you, seeking mm-hmm. God, really getting into the law, that really seeing what the buzz is all about. But it becomes very hard to then, like, what are you going to do? Watch a movie with your friends? Like, you're... Yeah. You're in a basement. You're, yeah, there's no movies. There's there, no, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you start losing who you are. And, and what really stood out, stood out from what you were saying was everything becomes an idea and a philosophy. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's very rabbinical to like question everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and you're saying even your very existence and the moment and, and your thoughts and all this stuff. It sounds like an existential kind of crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then and then I got lucky and I found like a really great person to help me pull me out of it, you know. What this, was that? This, well, see, man, you got to make so a movie is, or something. We are. We're making a movie actually. About you? Yeah. About the story? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's too cool. You should so make it science fiction though. <laughs> this is a this is like another Russian cat. He's like he's like there's the dark force and the light force and and this is like the he's like the light Russian. Like literally the other guys like black hair, dark. He's like this blonde-haired Russian like kind of looks like Buddha kind of cat and basically from the thing I did in the yeshiva on the table the guy who ran the yeshiva asked me to perform during a like a homecoming when all these old guys were coming back to the yeshiva who were religious you know who had become religious and they were all coming back and I I, he asked me to put together a band and play so I found there's like a homeless guy in front of in front of the synagogue with a keyboard, I got him, and I knew a kid no, who played the drums. Oh, come on! We did a performance, man. and this cat sees me. His name is Herschel Lazaroff, and he's like, "My daughter's wedding is tomorrow. I'll give you a hundred dollars. Come to Baltimore." <laughs> and I'm like, "I got permission from the from the yeshiva to go." 
<laughs> Excuse me. And he's a he's a healer. And what he does is uh, he says, I'll give you a, a healing for free. This normally costs thousands of dollars for people. But I'll this is the $100 guy? Or this is yeah, the $100 <laughs> guy. I go do the wedding. And then he's like, I'm also going to do a healing for you. So he, he does this healing for me. And in that, he says, go talk to this guy. His name is Ephraim Rosenstein. He's a therapist. He comes to Crown Heights from Hebron, Israel. And he mm. comes every once a month. Go meet with him. And so I go into this basement. He's like this. He's like he's not supposed to be there. Like people, he's like helping like abused women and like all kinds of people like that. Crown Heights people don't want to talk about. You know, he's mm. like he's kind of like this rebel force mm. and meets with people in, in this basement to talk to them. And and I started meeting with him, and he just started like, you know, just asking the right questions. Like I, you know. Like, why are you wearing that hat? It's 95 degrees outside. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, because, like, I have to wear the hat with the hat. Wait, wait, why am I wearing the hat? You know, like. Really? That's thinking, all it took was someone to say. No, no. But yeah, like, why are you wearing that hat? But I'm not I, I just that. Like, but, you, you really know, had to think about it. Yeah, and it, just someone that actually could see me beyond yeah. this whole thing that I had put on that actually was able to see me and help me. And I would mm. walk away from those sessions literally and it was like that foggy, everything all of a sudden just became real. Like there was a real street in front of me. There were mm. People became real. And eventually I started to trust myself again and be able to make my own decisions. It's that middle way, man. Yeah. It is. It's like we can't be too out of the world. We can't be too in the world. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah. It's a Jesus thing. But he yeah, says like you don't want to be in the world, in the world but not of the world. Mm-hmm. But if you renounce the world too hard – I think we start to miss the work that we're here to do. Mm. You're here to play with other people. You're here to deal with the dramas and the weird guy in the treehouse and the subway community. You're supposed to meet the people that are homeless playing keyboards and stuff when we're supposed to be in it. Right. We can't – this is just me saying. Mm. I know there's a lot of people that are called to be monks and monasteries and and reclusive and all that stuff. But for most of us, I feel like Ram Dass talks about – spiritual guy – talks about taking the curriculum. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're in class, take the curriculum, take the class. So if we just pull out and yeah. get inside our heads, the world starts to fall apart and we kind of miss some of the messages and the lessons that I think are, are all around us, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So this yeah. guy starts nudging you back into the world. Yeah, and we start bit. learning Hasidus, like, like Reb Nachman, Breslov Hasidus, where he says, when you open the door, everything is Torah. Everything in the world is Torah. Mm. Same idea you're talking mm. about. Like, get your head out of the books. Now you've got enough information in your head. You spent two years, like, just learning, you know, 12 hours a day. That's right. And now, like, look at the world and see how it's in the world. Everything's Torah. Yeah. And be that guy, like, you know, who takes a walk at night and, and then just, like, gets into his existential philosophies and ideas and takes his little trip and then comes back and has a tea with his wife and goes to bed. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't have to be like you're saying. It's middle like, way. Yeah, the middle way. How, how do you be a normal person in the world but still be able to find depth, dimension, meaning behind right. this and that, everything? The way that I've been taught, that's a very Jewish idea, is like Christians are the ones that are like, this is not my home, I'm just passing through sort of mm-hmm. thing. We, we put our hope in heaven later. Ju- Judaism, in my understanding, has always been more richly tied to the human experience and to the earth and to culture and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not like, fuck this shit. I'm going to die and I'll be with God. We're like, no, we need we to find both. God we now. Have, we have both. A little of both. Depends where you go. <laughs> Is that true? Well, yeah, we have every. We have every. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I'm talking about Judaism. Like yeah, no, no, but for real, I think that the real central concept and the idea is, yeah, this world. That's, right. I think I, I believe that. Yeah. I guess it's just when I'm reading the Old Testament, all the emphasis on the tribe and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and, and procreating and making a name and a place and a people and a value here right. Right. instead of going, 
let's all kill ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because right. we need to go to where God is. We're like, let's make a place for God here. here. Yeah. And I love that everything being Torah thing. So this guy starts bringing you into that balance. Yeah. So I started, so I started finding that balance. And then um, I just started exploring, like, even outside of you know, Judaism with him. We started learning together, you know. Psychology, philosophy, just all the stuff that I missed. How, you know? old, are th- how old are we? I'm like 23 now, let's say. Wow. And, um, and you know, like, you know, I was in school and stuff like that, but I, I wasn't really, you know, at this point now I've really studied, so I really understand how to study. And now we start, wor- like, branching out from, from just the Chabad Hasidus. We start slowly by, like, now a different type of Hasidus, a different type of Hasidus, and then bring in psychology and trying to bring a social context to how these books were written and how, and where they were written and what was going on around them at the time. So taking the Torah like off the mountain as just like the word of God and now really like it's a cultural with this book. cat, like really taking it apart yeah. and being like, you know, what is it really, you know, and then, you know, have whatever beliefs you want about it. But right. so it's sort of like dismantling it all. And um, yeah, that's, you know, that got me to a certain place. Um, then. But I, I have to imagine, did you meet your wife around this time? I'm trying no, to do that. I got married math. right away. I, yeah, I got, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got married when I was uh, 24. So it's right around this time. Yeah. So you start kind right of relaxing a little bit. Well, but you I start getting gig. I start getting offers for gigs. See, can I also interject, man? Because yeah. the first time that I really did stand up was at church. And when I hear about like Brandy and all these people that came from you know the gospel churches and they're singing and they're right. shining, I just think there's something so interesting mm. that so many, to use your word, so many cats come out of the church kind of way yeah. where it's a little bit safe. I'm, I'm not saying it it's is. not yeah. scary, but yeah. it's a little bit safe and you're going to do it and you're going to succeed. Like mm-hmm. that first time you're going to do it, it's going to be okay. Right. These people are bound by a covenant to love and accept you. So you know to be like, it's okay. And then you start branching out a little bit. So now mm-hmm. you're doing the gigs. You're getting healings. You're getting a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you start yeah. getting worse. Start you got to tell work. the tower tower record story, but work that in oh, when yeah. it comes up because that's an amazing story. Yeah. So yeah. So we start we start getting I start getting some offers to do shows and and at that point my rabbi says if you're going to do it you got to get married. Uh huh. What? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> he says if you're going to do these toys, if you're going to do gigs. Like if gigs. you're going to go into clubs and and places like that, you got to have you got to be married to keep you from just becoming a rock and roll star. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't you just uh, jerk off before the show? <laughs> no, jerking off is not allowed. <laughs> There's no jerking Honest, off in Crown Heights. Jerk off five times before the show. You won't have an affair. It'll be fine. You'll be okay. Uh, so he wanted you to get married to keep you straight, to yeah. keep you you know straight yeah. and narrow. Yeah. Really? It's like if you're leave, if you're going to leave yeshiva, then you got to get married. Which I love the idea of like just having a normal life at that point, having kids, <laughs> having a career. <clears throat> Having a house, yeah, or a place to live yeah, but, outside the basement, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. So, but I'm another mad. interesting crossroads, man, because you're feeling this call. Obviously, it's resonating inside yeah. of you. It keeps coming up. You've left it at the altar. You're like, all right, yeah, I won't do it. Right, if sounds are idolatry. I'm out. Right, and yet it keeps coming and then back. It's bang, and then all of a sudden it just happens, like without me having to try. Like, literally, right. my friends are calling. People are trying to book gigs. Like a leaf Agents falling off interested. a tree. Boom, 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 it just boom, happens. boom. But then you're at the place where we're, we're all at as performers where you go, well, shit, because I got married, too. We talked about this in the elevator. I got married when I was 22 because you're kind of like, I want to have a family. I want to yeah. have a house. I told you I lived yeah. in Terrytown, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. I want to have the picket fence, and I want to try and normalize this because there was a little bit of guilt. And I wasn't getting it from a rabbi necessarily, although, to be fair, I was getting it 
from my pastors and stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. how can you be a Christian and call yourself a comedian or how can you be a comedian and call yourself a Christian? Right. So here I relate to yes. what you're doing. In fact, yeah. I would say I got married with very similar intents. It's like, right. I'll go into the den of right. thieves. Right. But I'll go with my wife and it'll be okay. Right. And she's going to keep you together. <laughs> like she's going to okay. be the one. Right? Like you can't just marry anyone. Yeah. <laughs> right? I can't believe it. Yeah. Same. So you get So I did it. So I met it. this this Did you think girl. about it or were you just like got okay? I, I it knew makes it sense. right away. I was like I I so I remembered this girl that I had seen around who was religious and I had seen her around a little bit and then she was like she knew my rabbi and she was like on rollerblades on a, in a long skirt like she working was, her way through traffic like the first time I see her. And I'm like, okay, obviously, yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> but there aren't many. There's not going to be many more. She's in film school at NYU. Yes. She's super religious. Yes. And uh, she wants to get married. There is and a simplicity cute. to And I'm the, like, oh, let's do it. Because I went to a Christian college. Yeah. Uh, which means everybody, like Judaism, there's a lot of different types of Christian. Everybody was a similar type of Christian. Okay. So everybody just got married. So right. I know what you're talking about right. where it's like, okay, there's a window – there's these beliefs that I hold very dearly. And those come first. Those come first. Right. And and also, let's be honest, there's a little bit of an external thing where if if they know that I marry a non-believer or something, I didn't even consider it. Right. So there's one, and she's roller skating. Right. I relate to that very hard. Yeah. Where it's and like, she was funny and fun, and so it was cool. So we got married, and then <laughs> we started having kids. So that was it. But what was it? Was there a courtship or were dating? Yeah. It was horrible because she was making a movie. Her whole project, her like senior project or whatever, was about Shomer Nagia, men and women not being able to touch. Uh huh. Blue balls, the documentary. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. And and so she want, she wanted to use me as like her, like you know her her study, her Buddy. case study. Buddy. It was horrible. This I got is, so schlepped into this. That is into amazing. This, into this thing. So the whole time she's interviewing me about what it feels like, the fact that we can't, you know, that I can't touch. We never even touched. Oh. And I've been like frozen like Han Solo in this basement. Like, was it Han? Yeah. yeah like carpet. literally, I've been like frozen. Yeah, yeah, like my yeah. whole sexuality has been turned off. Like wow. literally turned off. Dude, I really. And now so all of a sudden I'm just like, you know, I'm just like f- going nuts yeah 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 and I'm and like, let's just make the wedding it. happen let's go yeah so you can get this out get this over yes buddy i'm the same my wife and i had sex before we got married but then we stopped because we felt bad and then and then we picked up afterwards but like it was that same sort of thing and i knew kids in my college that there was a book called like kiss dating goodbye which was this like courtship thing which is kind of similar to the no touching thing meaning you don't kiss you don't right. hold hands you save it all for marriage. Yeah. A lot of kids in my circle would do everything except have vaginal intercourse. Right. And that was like the other extreme. Right. But then I knew people that were like going nuts and they needed to get married because they were going insane. And that was kind of what was happening here. Well, I just, I mean, that's what, it all, it all happened very quickly. It was like the, there was no waiting. You're not waiting around because you're not having sex. So it's like, how long are you going to, right? You know, so I wanted to get married right away. We, we did it pretty quickly. But also on the other so. side of your marriage, isn't just sex. Let's not just say it was. It's just sex, but you care about this person. But also, it's your career is waiting on the other side of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, I got married because I wanted to move to Chicago to do comedy, and I wasn't going to move in with my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So I was like, we got to get married. Right. And I was excited. I right, remember right, my right. first wedding. I wasn't exactly. nervous. Yeah. I wasn't excited. People were like, are you sure? I was like, dude, I got to get to Chicago. I got to start doing some open mics. <laughs> Dude, how how many of us are there? I know. It's insane. Same. We both had to get married to start our careers. Right. 
because we had some serious, like, an earnest yearning for God. Yeah, and, like, that was that's going to keep me on the straight and narrow while I'm doing this. Exactly. And, yeah. and I think my wife kind of had the same sort of feeling. She thought I would keep her on the straight and narrow. But anyway, so then what – so you get married quickly. Yeah. I got married and I bought a van and we went out on tour and started, you know, playing shows. Not with a keyboard cap. Um, no, it was the trio. And no one in the band was Jewish. And, and we, would, we would go and I would, I would stay – Always I would call Chabad wherever I was. I would call up the rabbi. Really? At every city. And I would stay. I would either sleep there. If I didn't sleep there, I would at least go there to get food. Or that was like my, that was the way I grounded myself like early on, on the road, like 200 days a year, 250 days a year, 300 no days way. a year. No way. Yeah, for a couple of years until they started pissing me off. Why is that? <laughs> what? I just like people. People really started pissing me. Like they would do the craziest shit. The rabbi. Yeah, like some rabbi in some <laughs> little town in like Kentucky who got like they sent him to Kentucky. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's like four Jews in the town, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Okay, I'm coming through. It's my night off. I, I, I you know, I want to stay with you because I need to eat the kosher food and like invite yeah. a couple of people." Yeah. You know, we'll have a dinner, but I really, I can't talk. I can't sing. Don't ask me to do a speech. Don't ask me to sing. I show up there and there's like 400 people, like literally, like, like people at it. It was, oh. it was like, at, and, and everyone like, he's going to sing now. You know what I mean? Like crazy no stuff. No way. Yeah. And then there were great, ex- I had great experiences too. There were a lot of families that were really welcoming to the whole band and brought everybody in. 400 and, people. Yeah. But it, it became, a, it was much, it became a lot, you know, yeah, a yeah. lot to deal with every time. So, you know, and then I would think I would, I, a lot of times I was going to meet like a rabbi and like, they were like, oh, the, the, the father, like the head rabbi, he wants to speak to you, you know. So come have a private meeting with him. And he'd be like, okay, here it is. I'm going to get, like, the golden gem of wisdom. Finally, he realizes, like, how I'm influencing Jewish people. They're realizing <laughs> I'm influencing and that, and that I'm important. Yes. And they should give me, like, some kind of secret that's going to keep me, like, on the track. Yes. And the rabbi, rabbi's like, every city you go, you must give to Chabad. <laughs> you know, like, that kind of stuff. Right? Like, like you need to contact the rabbi, find out if it's okay for you to be in that city. Wow! And then pay him a percentage. That's not what you were hoping for. I was like, that's oh. like that's like the mafia. Yeah, or like or like <laughs> them telling me that it was illegal what I was doing. You know, to be to be dressing up and like and be singing in a in a Jamaican accent or something like that. How that was like not okay. So I started to get really kind of like, all right, this is you know, this isn't I, cool anymore. I now. sympathize for you because again painting with a broad brush here, but the thing that I like about the rabbi, the rabbinical tradition is the way that they can kind of find Torah or whatever to kind of – I'm sure there's a way that to somebody yeah. could say it's wrong for you to represent – just oh, how yeah. we get to know cheeseburgers from don't boil a cow right. in its mother's milk. I'm sure someone can say, you know – Isaac spoke in a Jamaican accent, and God smote him. Right, right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I bet there were creative ways yeah, to there's, say there's what you were doing was wrong. Yeah, all different ways to say, see it as being wrong or see it as being right. You know, right? You know, there's so many different paths. But eventually, I started, the, it started to get tiring, and I started to question the whole thing a little bit and be like, you know, is it is the beard about to come off? Well, uh, we're leading up to that. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go. Do you, if we don't have to do a whole linear story? Are you but. kidding, man? I'm I'm thrilled. I don't know if you could tell. Mm. I might need to take a break and have like a little, a little more coffee. Yeah, you want some coffee? Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Cool. You want to like pee and get is, a coffee? Is, yeah, is go ahead. A, can I pee as it's well? Your show, man. Awesome. You're the guest. 
Cool. I'll be right here. You're just going to be hanging? Yeah, there I am. Nice. <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, take your time. A perfect intermission. Yeah. <laughs> I perfect just mean, length. like. This is the first. Have you told the story in its entirety like this recently? Because you're like, this is the commercial break. <laughs> like, but like when I start, like yeah, I don't, I don't know. I actually did need to pee. No, so. I believe that. Yeah. But like you picked the perfect time to be like, look, I just got married. <laughs> I'm just about to go on tour, and I've just started questioning everything. Yeah, we'll be right back. <laughs> This is exciting, man. I'm really inspired. I'm, yeah, go ahead, please. Every time, you know, I didn't have any preconceived notions of where I could paint you into some corner or something. But I keep seeing in the story somebody who's earnestly yearning for truth, for something real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you're going into these traditions. And I think that's really beautiful. Again, Ramdas is kind of my guy. Do you know who Ramdas is? Yeah, yeah, of course. He talks about... For methods to work, they have to trap you. Mm-hmm. you go, all methods are traps, but in order for a method to work, it has to trap you. So he goes, Judaism is a trap, and Christianity is a trap, and meditation is a trap. Every, everything is. A trap doesn't mean bad. It just means like it's going to grab you and its thing, but that's how it works. Yeah. So I see a guy going, you, going, I'm going to let this <coughs> trap me. I'm going <coughs> to let this in. Let's use, lose the word trap. <laughs> I'm going to let it in. I'm going to try it on. I, I mean, the word trap is perfect because it is true. Like, you have to become part of this this process. Right? A thing. You have to become part of it. You have to lose yourself in it. You have to go beyond. And then for me, it was like at, at some point. Right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> at some point, it was like um, I actually did feel trapped. Is that right? I mean? So this is what we're coming to. Yeah. That's great. Because he, 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 the, the second, the punchline to that is he goes, any decent method after it traps you and after you no longer need it will have the decency to self-destruct will get out of your way That's and go awesome. like, well, all right, happy to help. Yeah. See you on your way. <laughs> but, and that's kind of what happened for me. Like, so I got to this point where, um, where I think I was really trying to just, I was trying to do both. I was trying to be myself, still be religious, make it work and bring it all together. It's a burden, and, man. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. And then I think at some point I said, like, okay, I, I can let go. Like, I can really just do what I want. And I think that came from, I had gotten this, like, kind of cyst on my vocal cord. Oh, no. And I was, ha- you know, having a hard time singing. And I went to my voice teacher, and I basically moved in. Like, he made me his bed in his room. And he basically watched me, like, no talking, and we're just going to work on your voice, like, five, six times a day, short little sessions. Hmm. And I did that for a, for a long period of time, and then came home and wasn't wasn't allowed to speak for almost three months. Wow! So I went into this almost like monk like state. I was going to say that I had to have. Some... On top of that, I had st- like a stomach issue, and I was like, I'm not going to take antibiotics. I'm going to try and do it through macrobiotics. So I was eating like no sugar, only rice. I was I, my vessel was like so clean, yeah. and so pure. And I started becoming hypersensitive in a beautiful way to, like, everything around me, my kids, without talking, without, like, ever saying anything. Like, just knowing when things needed to happen. And, mm. and, I got, I, and it became real for me. It was like that thing that I was looking for. I wasn't, like, tripping my face off and walls melting. But it was mm-hmm. like, this is what I've been looking for. You know, mm-hmm. I'm feeling the world. Place. Yeah, I'm feeling the world around me. I'm feeling myself. Can I tell I'm you? I'm feeling connected. When I was... I, 
tripping a little while ago. It's been months, but you know, I remember thinking, shit, I'm going to have to talk about this later. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're in that place, you go, what's with all the talking? <laughs> we call those chompers. Chompers? We have a term for it. When you're feeling, everyone's feeling a moment, and then yeah. someone comes along, and they start, like, chomping about it. Like, <laughs> That's it. Uh, but when you're in this place, and here you were medically, kind of, you had to be yeah. quiet. But that is a monastic sort of, yeah. it is a monastic Space. behavior. And, of course, you're starting to see. Yeah. But and the world just, isn't just our thoughts. Yeah, it's and not... I just slowed down. I would like mm. I had this chair. We lived in LA and in like the flats in Beverly Hills. And I had this it's the first time we moved out of Crown Heights and we had a nice house. It was like everything was made out of nice materials and like the their rugs and it's clean. And um Cause th- this is off your career. You Yeah, yeah, like I made money, but we, even we, when I had been making money for years, it's like we still lived in Crown Heights in a small place. Right. I didn't I had a minivan like I didn't we didn't buy cars, I didn't buy stuff. It was like we lived a pretty like humble lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then so now I was like I was in this house and and I was just like walking around barefoot all day in hmm. LA with a bowl of rice, hmm. you know, not having to talk to anybody. Like <laughs> with a doctor's note, you don't have to talk to your wife, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, what could be better? And I'm just like, I'm going to sit in this room today and feel how the sun feels in this room. And now I'm going to sit at 11 o'clock in this room. And now I'm going to open up the door and I'm going to read one line and just think about that for an hour, you know. Wow. And then I'm going to pray, but I'm not going to say all the prayers. I'm just going to put my tefillin on. And stand in the front yard because I like the feeling of the grass under my feet. And I'm just going to say four words like over and over again. Like I just – I got <laughs> – I was just like I'm going to do whatever it takes to get me – to keep me in that zone as long as it's healthy. Yeah. And it's no longer about like you have to do this. You have to say all of these <laughs> prayers or you have to say – all of like all of that, like you said, like the trap, yeah. just disintegrated. It was like, okay, no need for me anymore. Right. You, you start it. to see. This is a Richard Rohr quote that I love. Richard Rohr is a Franciscan friar. He says, uh, "When we reach a certain level of spiritual maturity, we realize that all the songs and the prayers and the services were dress rehearsals for the real thing, which mm. is constant communion with God." Mm. And I was like, "This motherfucker." Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because. Those things can get us there, mm-hmm. but they're really just helping us realize that we're always there. Right. And they're, we're keeping ourselves away. And talking about it is right. a great way to keep yourself away from it. Right. That's where the chompers come in. So you're not chomping. Right. You're yeah. not talking. No distractions. Yeah. You could have been watching TV or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like or you. Smoking weed, LA. You know, yeah. it was like I, I could have been just getting high and, you know, but I was like on this real health kick. Days and, and days and days and days and months. 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 Yeah, months, months. Months and months of just. And this is after being on the road for a lot of years and, like, now finally having time to reflect. And yeah. it's like I'm in my bathrobe, you know. <laughs> I've moved to L.A. <laughs> I'm not getting in a car. I've got no meetings. I'm not, you're not going to get me in a car in this city. I'm literally <laughs> staying here. You know what I mean? I'll walk my kids to school, walk back. Like, what, they live close enough. It was wow. Like, yeah. And, um, and, and then... <laughs> Okay, what went wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's the. I'm wondering what your wife's thinking of all this. We're also jumping over the success, which is kind of. I mean, I'm sure we could talk about that for hours as well. I'm. I'm, I don't want to say more interested. I'm very interested in the spiritual angle that we're going. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting that like you got married and went on the road and it worked. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy because the Tower Records story. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was out. You know, I was out with my with my ex with Tali. 
And um, we were eating at this kosher restaurant, and there was a Tower Records shop. And, you know, it was like an issue. It was like we didn't really have a lot of money. And I'm like, trust me, we're going to make money. It's not going to be an issue. And, right. you know, we're both pretty spiritual, religious, so it's not like the first thing. And both of our parents made money, too, so we don't really – neither of us know what it's like to not have money. Right. <laughs> so a combination of those two things, we weren't really stressed about it. But, right. you know, everyone in her family, you know, came from like really – they really, you know, really studied backgrounds and has real professional careers. Yeah, and letters after their they're names. They're all, you know, religious. They're all raised religious. And right. I wasn't. You know, well, so. there's another Jewish kind of stereotype or maybe tradition of just like, let's become doctors, lawyers. Let's like, let's yeah. not fuck around. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't throw your future away. Right. Do something real. I like that you sound like you're from Jamaica, Modest, but let's, you know, <laughs> let's get some bonds going yeah. or whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah. So you did have to rage against that machine a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> except that like, I was just so far fetched. You know what I mean? It was so far out of left field. I was like. There was just so many pieces to it. The fact that I was Hasidic, the fact that I was from a not religious family, the fact that I'm going to be a rapper, like none of it. They're just like, fine, whatever. You know, we didn't really, honestly, we didn't know who was going to take her. Thank you very much. No way, really? Yeah. yeah. Mom said that to me. <laughs> no, because she was kind of marched to the beat of her own drummer. Yeah, she was creative, different type, and uh, very difficult. No one wanted to mention that. But you know, it's funny, like, I, I bet a lot of people like to claim, like, of course you would make it. You know, like claiming everything that you just said mm. as a plus. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you have to kind of early in your career, not anymore, but people going like, oh, it's like a gimmick. It's a gimmick. He's right, a Hasidic right. and now we're all talking about it and who right. cares? But like at the time, you kind of sound like a deadbeat weirdo that's marrying my daughter. I'm trying to be your daughter, your your yeah. wife's dad. Yeah, sure. Like I'm worried yeah. that, you know – you're they, all they over the place. They actually weren't that worried. Is that true? Come to think of it, yeah. Get out of here. Like when well, I that I'm thinking about it, they, they, there wasn't really so much. Like yeah, there was no conversation or anything. Like what are you going to do? Really? I, and everything was pop because everything was really popping off by that point. I think everything was like really starting very quickly to happen. So you know, I'm not even saying what a mitzvah. It's not because you're Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I would have said that anyway. That's but amazing. when I came back from tour, we went back out to dinner, and my youth cover was on the you know the front of Tower Records. So you know, it's it, so cool. It was cool. It was a cool. Well, you moment. Did, is it true you said to them you were like, next time we walk by, I'll yeah, be I was like, I was like, when I come back from this tour, I'm gonna be, you're gonna see me on, in Tower Records. And then you went, and what was it that I know we have to kind of to, to keep you from talking to me all day. Like, we'll talk in broad strokes, but it's like you went on tour. A lot of people go on tour. Yeah. Like, I have friends in small bands. They go on tour. Yeah. Nothing happens. Right. <laughs> Did you have a good tour promoter? And Well, I mean, um, was this like a label tour? No, there was like a, 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 there's a several things, as you know, probably. Like, there's got to be a lot of things lining up at the same time that all go like. That's exactly right. And then. In comedy, we're always talking about you want two big things happening at the yeah. same time. That's yeah. always the goal. So I had been on Jimmy Kimmel, and that that video started to go viral. And what what was the Kimmel booking? Was that just because? Yeah, they thought it was going to be like a funny thing to see a Hasidic guy. No, and then we had way. to fight to let to let us perform. Like it, they were just going to have me on and question me, and then they let me perform. And during sound check, people were like, "Holy shit, it's a real thing!" Like, dude, it's like, like it's that open mic in Alphabet City exactly. all over again. And I knew it. I was like, "This is my time. How it's my moment." Do you still get chills thinking about that? I'm getting that. Those are good moments. That's yeah. like the the skinny kid at bat or whatever, and you yeah. hit a home run, and you're like, yeah. "Fucking suck it, man!" Yes. I'm not. Yes, it's like a fucking good story. Yeah. It's so. And good. that was funny backstage. Although I had all the rabbi, I had a whole crew of rabbis with me. Like they wouldn't let the makeup lady near me. They're like, "No, keep her away. Ah. We're studying." Like they're trying to pull me out for like the rehearsal. Like, nah, he doesn't need that. Like you know. 
We're, no we're studying, way. and then finally we're like, no, we need him. And I go Keeping out, I go right to the stage. Jewish. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and you kill it. Yeah. And you're in the pocket, and you're performing. So that go, that happens. Yeah. Then we get a good spot at Bonnaroo on a Sunday. 2004? Um, I think it's five. Five. Yeah. I think it's five. And, um, and I'm, I'm leaving for Shabbos because it's Shabbat Friday, but I'm there earlier. And I'm coming back Sunday for the gig. And uh, my manager says, after the Sabbath is over Saturday night, keep your phone on just in case. So I get a call. Trey is playing Saturday night, the lead guitar player from Fish, mm-hmm. who I dropped out of high school to go see. I tripped on acid. Mm-hmm. I had that moment, you know, where he <laughs> saw me and he was like, hey, what's up? Wait, you really? No, you know when you're tripping, you know. Like... <laughs> you perceived a moment where yeah, he Yeah, like passing the torch. Like... Yeah, okay. And, um, and, then, and now all of a sudden uh, it's like Shabbos and I'm getting a call from my manager. He's like, Trey wants to meet you. So I run back to Bonnaroo to the festival, and I end up that night performing with him on the main stage. Um, two songs, No Shut. Woman, No Cry, which is the first song I ever sang, like in front of people. Um, and, and then one of my own songs that the, the band learned in front of 50,000 people. And then the next day, my, my tent is like overflowing, and I'm on the cover of Polestar. And it's like, that happened, the Jimmy Kimmel thing happened. So there's a bunch of things Dude. that sort of all happened at the same time. So literally, I came back from that tour had signed a record deal, you know, like basically had recorded a live record that was about to be released like a month later. Wow. Um, and it was all just like, it was awesome. It was that exciting. is incredible. That's incredible. It's and so- I was like, it worked. Yeah. Like, you know, I gave it up. Like, you know what I mean? I stayed humble. I, I, I put my priorities straight. I yeah. like, you know, everything. I got married. They told me to get married. I got <laughs> married. You know what I mean? They say have kids. It brings more blessing. I've got two. The kids are coming. Like, you know, I did it all. I did it all how they said. And, and yeah, it added up. It worked. But Whoa. Okay. Those were the broad strokes. So here you are and you're killing it. Now you're not talking and you're barefoot and you're in a bathrobe. And a well, well, there's a huge transition between that. What's like, that? The initial success in, like, let's say 2005 till bathrobe shaved beard 2011 okay. is like six seven eight yeah sure so that's the whole career and that that whole that was all like a process of trying to to find my happiness you know through through all of it you know you mean because there's of- so many so many issues that end up coming up in terms of like who do you represent what kind of music do you want to play how should you play your music what you know, just everything that goes along with a career and, right. and who do you trust and managers. Very and different from in your parents' and, attic. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how do you manage a career? Everything. Lawyer, right. you know, how do you manage a career, be a father, be a husband, be a touring artist that people are looking to as like an almost iconic, like inspirational Jewish figure. Right. Wherever, you know. So well, I'll, you are under more pressure if you do a show on a Friday night. All of a sudden, it's a big deal. Yeah, but also beyond that, just like even look down to the clothes that I would wear when I would walk to synagogue. Like our kids are, are watching you. Why aren't you wearing this? Or you know what I right, mean? Right, right. You know, and everyone had you know it was just a lot for me, and I didn't really have like someone to really like bounce things off of. Yeah, and, you like, were missing that I was weirdo. Like alone, you I, needed your fourth weirdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe your fifth. Like, yeah. I lost count. Who I found? I found. Did you? I found another weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> He got around, me to the next place, yeah. Around this time? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, at that point. What did, um, what did your wife think of all this? I mean, is, every time you watch a music biopic, the wife is at home. I just watched The Founder, Michael Keaton, The Founder. There's, it's like a trope. That's not a music documentary, obviously. Right. 
But there's a trope, walk the line or, or, or Ray or whatever it might be, that the wife is at home and she hates you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, she was with me for a while. We tried that, like come her coming up come to around. her with the babies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No good? It just got, you know, it got very old very quickly for her. You know? Right. It's not fun. You mean talking to people you don't really know in green rooms? Yeah, and just traveling with a baby, like in strollers every day to an airport, and security, and this thing and that thing. Like, you know, traveling with a baby. Right. Like, and right. Just, you know, and, not fun. Yeah. Unless you're like experienced and you have a certain way to do it. But right. when you're like 26. And how do you feel? Do you feel a little bit bamboozled? I mean, you got, you got married to be the, the blessings. You right. want the kids and the blessings. Yeah, and then you're tough. like, what the fuck, man? I just, I just, my cup overfloweth at Bonnaroo. Yeah, so that didn't work. So I was like, but I, gave, I was just like, all right, that's not going to work. I didn't think divorce was like an option or, or anything like that. Well, talk that. about, I mean, people are upset that you're not wearing enough yeah. accoutrement. So I was like, attempt. I'll just focus on the good stuff. You know, I'll focus on my kids. I'll focus on the music. I'll put all my energy. But things, so thing, it's taking a toll on you personally. Are you guys... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We you can fight. put up your yeah, own boundaries. You're fighting and stuff. Yeah. It's it's an issue. Yeah. Over the phone. It wasn't, yeah. Or home when I was or home. Or home. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I know that feeling. I've had the phone calls. I'm at some festival and I kill and and some hero of mine is there. Yeah. And we it's have like a that scene in uh, Bill Murray when he's in Japan. Yeah. Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which scene? Uh, wait, wait. What, what was I thinking of when you're when you're you have that moment? And oh, your wife, you got to She wants to know the color of yes, the carpet. That's it. And she's like, "Well, tell me what color the carpet." And you just were like on stage doing your thing that's or whatever. Right. It's a very nobody's getting what they want. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's yeah. happy. Yeah, she doesn't want to be yelling about this, and no. you are like, "I just did this thing that felt really good, and and now I know that you're unhappy." And that's a dread. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't use the word dread. I don't even want to go into easily. it, but it was really it's rough. rough. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, I, I, I can't go into it, but right. it was not like a, okay, kind of cool kind of situation, but I couldn't figure it out. Like it was, it, it was really, I understand uh, not cool at all. And when did divorce become an option? Is this, um, well, st- at some point I started, it was like, we need, to, we need to do therapy when you start talking about it. But, um, you know, I, I just, uh, at a certain point, um, I just was like, I just, re- I don't know, I just realized it wasn't going to, you know, you can't change people. You can't just, you know, no, you can I, work on your relationship, but if the fundamental, like, person is not what you, you know, want, then you can't change them. In my experience, like, was there a spiritual figure that was kind of like, listen, this happens? Or were were you surrounded by a lot of people that are just like you don't do that? I was surrounded by people that said you don't do it, except my dad. Is that who right? I've been married three times, <laughs> but he had been married to my mom for my whole life, so thirty eight years with my with my with my mother. Okay, but you were a young man when you got married. Yeah, this is a new thing. The starter marriage. I had a starter marriage. Yeah. I didn't know it was a starter marriage yeah. when I got into it. But you, how old were you when you got married again? 25, 24. See, that's yeah. very, it's very young. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> for it to go away, isn't that weird? So you had 
in your dad. See, this is the interesting thing about dads, the alliance. Yeah. When you're young, your mom is the angel and right. everything's perfect and there's this weird, gross, burping, belching, <laughs> right, farting, right. sleeping, yes. hairy man. <laughs> yeah. And you don't understand what his purpose is. <laughs> Why can't it just be us and cucumber <laughs> sandwiches and watching movies during the day and all that stuff? And then later in life, isn't it wonderful how it's hidden from you? Mm-hmm. Suddenly fucking dad makes sense. Yeah, you're like, oh, he's got my back. <laughs> and you got He doesn't dad. fuck around. That's right. And he can tell you something that might not be popular or easy and just be like, look, I'm well, divorced. My, my dad has always been the guy who doesn't want to tell you. You know, He's got his opinions about certain things, but when it came to those kind of things, like when I became religious or when I got married, he's the guy who's not going to be like, look, he's going to do what he wants to do. Mm. And I'm not going to – I'm going to – you know, he would maybe make one like little comment. If it wasn't received right, then he would just back off. Mm. And then at a certain point, I kind of realized, I was like, my dad is the shit. Like, he's got, he's got, he ran this business, a nonprofit. He housed homeless people. Like, he dedicated his life to really worthwhile cause and was great at what he did. And, um, and he's like, he's, he's a real dude. He, like, he's like, he knows what's up. He doesn't like, he's a strong guy. He's an open-minded person. Like, mm. and um, mm. I started to really respect him. He became kind of like my sixth weirdo. I love it. You know, he was there the dad. whole time. And he was, yeah, and I was just like, yeah. I mean, I, there was definitely th- like a lot of things I learned that w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't really speak with him about. You mm-hmm. know, existential philosophy. He's not that guy, you right? Know what I mean, right. But uh, when it when it came to certain things, but then even more beautiful forward. then, because here you are, kind of up leveling your dad philosophically or theologically. I, I'm not putting down your dad. It's not better mm-hmm. or worse. It's just you were doing this work, and then he still has this great. Not old school, but, you know, like more fundamental value to give you mm. as a son in yeah. this hard time in your life. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful? Yeah, it was helpful. I kind of came return back to my parents in a certain way like mm. when I got divorced. It was like I reconnected with my mom also and my sister as well, Isn't my family. And then I actually literally like moved back to where I grew up across the, bri- across the river. Across, I live in, in Nyack. I grew up in White Plains. Wow. And I found this like great big um, house and, and just kind of like I got my boys, you know, thank God, you know, I got married and I had my thank at the end of the day, I'm glad I had my kids. I've got, right. I've got uh, beautiful kids and, and they, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, back home and, and in real relationships with, with real people in my life and, right. and making music and. We haven't talked at all about like the whole creative aspect of making music, which has been a huge yeah. piece for me, but um, yeah. What, what you know, made you think of it? Because uh, just that's like the focus. I guess that's such a huge focus for me. Right. And, and all this other lifestyle stuff is, has been a huge part of it too. But right. underneath all of it, there's been – Well, how does it affect your process? I mean here you are yet again finding out that you're not who you thought you were. This yeah. is what we're always doing. We're dying to our old selves. And here's married – Modest dying, <laughs> you, know? Mm. you know what I'm saying? And now mm. you have to kind of, well, who am I? Especially when you have uh, the burden of people assuming that you wouldn't get divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, So now you really are, maybe in a good way, being forced to reinvent yourself. And I wonder how that did affect the music and how that well, affected your creativity. Everything went from, from uh, like, it really became about improvisation, which I think is interesting for me because that's kind of where I came from. Right, those mm-hmm. fish shows and stuff, and mm-hmm. that um, that whole musical experience and journey. And I became, I started to become aware that as an artist, what I don't want to be, I don't want to be a good frontman. I don't want to be a good dancer. I don't even want to be a good, you know, have to be like the best singer or or anything like that. But I want to create environments 
like my father, like created homes for people. I want to create environments that people can go into and have spiritual, musical, emotional experiences. And if that means, yeah, I know what I do. I know that I move to music and I sing and I dance. But really, it's about putting the right musicians together, the right lighting, the right situation, um, and then guiding it and guiding it through Hebrew prayers, guiding it through rapping, guiding it through singing, guiding it through movement, um, all of these things and kind of creating a space for people. Right. And, um, and so, so in a lot of ways, my, the focus came, went away from, okay, here's this like crazy, energetic, dynamic, rapping, Hasidic guy who sings reggae mm-hmm. um, and, and dives into the audience and does stage dives and brings kids up on stage and all that and writes, you know, maybe anthemic peace songs, mm-hmm. right? Like I have one mm-hmm. day and to, to like really sing like, okay, well, how do I, how can I create the most authentic and real experience for people through music, which is what I had and what I've dedicated my life to. And, um, and it's so that, funny. It's another thing gets peeled away though. You don't need to prove anything. Yeah, exactly. It's another level of maturity. Yeah. It's, I love but that. But I still do feel it. Like, of course. You still want to prove yourself, but in your, in but your own way. But it's in a pure way. Yeah. Yeah, you're, pure you're, way. you're doing something that I, I see a lot of older – not older, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I've been doing comedy for, like, I don't know, 16, 17 years or something. No, that's more than that. Jesus. Anyway, the idea that we get back to going like, I just want to make it pure. I yeah. want to make, when I'm young, I'm thinking, who am I? How can I tell you who I am? Right, right. And then when you know who you are, you go, okay, how much of this shit can I get rid of? Yeah. It was another method. Yeah. It was another trap. Right. And I need to get rid of it. So you're trying to get back to that real place mm-hmm. and you don't have that young hunger that's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're going like, can we please, it's funny that you say space because I think of God as a space. You know, like as an energy, as a as a as a area that's always just to the left. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And we we open this conversation by talking about how you can get there, but improv and presence and mindfulness and really merging into lights and sounds and music and energy of an audience, not ignoring them, but allowing that feedback the way mm. that Fish does, yeah. can open up that space, like yeah. a religious space. Yeah. So I wonder if you're interested in in this very quote unquote secular way, bringing people to church. the space of church. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea. Right? right? Right. Is there anything better? No, it's it's awesome. A place of worship and a place for people to just be themselves and to explore themselves, explore themselves through sound, through movement, through yeah. being in a room with other people. You and know? would you say forget themselves? Yeah, maybe as well. Because we're, here's what I'm leading to with that is is the idea that when we can stop reminding ourselves who we are, mm. I'm Pete. I'm a man. I'm six foot six. Damn it. I should be – this level of respect is owed to me. Uh, you should treat me this way because right. I'm friendly, whatever it might be. I'm very interested in who are you when you stop reminding yourself who you right. are. Right, when the ego goes away. When you go yeah. away. So when you can really talk – dancing and, and music and rhythm and all of these things are devices and laughing and mm. clapping and anything that can unify – Suddenly we blur and the, and the boundaries of the perimeter I draw around you and the perimeter I draw around me right. start to go away. Right. And we can really just be – and th- one of my favorite things about the Old Testament is the name that God gives himself, which is just I am. You mm. can just be beingness mm. and you can slip into that. We always talk about God a little bit. What do you think about God now? I know we've talked about God a mm. lot, but today. I feel like I've, I've had some um, really deep um, – Almost like something that God has um, has like 
transmitted to me, like a message. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't always pay attention to it because it's like it's pain. It's kind of painful. Hmm. Um, but um, I think there's another part of God that's just like leave me alone. It's like everyone. <laughs> Just like all these people and saying what they want in my name and dedicating themselves to me, like, like that's just like go, go give that homeless guy ten bucks or go smile at this person or like what stop putting so much it? focus on me and who I am because you're not gonna know, you know. Mm. So stop like I I feel like God's just like stop projecting every you know you know how it is when people project onto you you meet someone they think you're famous or you're a comedian whatever it is and they have their notion of what and they project they start it right laughing on, at everything I say yeah or they, they just project <laughs> it right onto you like if mm -hmm. they think you're gonna have an ego they project it onto you even if you don't because they think oh he's famous he's gonna have, oh. you know oh all that kind of well, stuff this is Hollywood yeah. now. So, like, I just feel like people <laughs> are probably, like, projecting on God all the time. And it's, like, of his course. world. It's, like, he created this thing that, you know, it's so complex and, and it's deep and, and beautiful. But um, to me, God is, like, either, like, okay, leave me alone or, like, or, or like focus and, and, and focus on, on what it is that. That's interesting, though. It is a bit of a mess. Yeah. We've done a, a number on the name and, and the idea of God, so much so that. I get a lot of mileage talking about being and awareness and right. consciousness yeah. because people don't like talking about, about God. God. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, people are, are dying today because of mm -hmm. God. It's, it's crazy. Um, but what do you, where are you at with like the basics? Are you, are you, do you go to temple or do you I'll still tell you, pray? Like, I have right now. Um, I, I'm like signing these, this group of younger guys uh, from Crown Heights. So there's like three musicians that are all from Chabad families whose fathers are all rabbis across the country, you know, and their whole ex uh, outside crew. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like on Shavuos, the giving of the Torah, basically, like they all came up to my house and, um, you know, and we played music. We have all the instruments set up and sat by. We have like a fire down by the river and like, you know, experience it all. And, you know, we can talk and even like throw around like Yiddish sayings and talk about you know these things and try to have even some kind of spiritual moment some kind of you know joking around just be together and mm. and that's like to me what it is like i'm not going to go to a, necessarily a synagogue if i don't feel there's a synagogue near me that i enjoy going to or mm -hmm. um but it's a, it's more about like community being aware of what is happening you know what i mean and tapping into it in in the way that you can Right. The dress rehearsal thing. Yeah, but it's hard when you're not religious. Like you, like you said, when you have the trap, you know, it keeps you keeps you in there. And when you when you don't, you know, man, like the way uh, the way I am, at least, is like up and down, you know. Oh, for sure. All those things. But losing so. and forgetting, I, I think it's all part of it. We were yeah. talking about vibration. It's all yes and no. Mm -hmm. If it's just yes, nothing to vibrate. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Your heart, yes, no, yes. You ever trip out on your heart going yes, no, yes, no, yes. Expanding, contracting. So even... It, I think in spirituality, remembering and then forgetting and then seeing a little piece of it in you in this conversation, remembering and then forgetting, listening to the music on the train, remembering and then forgetting. Yes. But we need it 
for the charge. Right. There's got to be the positive and the negative. At some point, it would be nice to just remember and just stay. Yeah, like yeah. You would. But that's what probably people who overdose on heroin, you know, that's, <laughs> they just stayed there. They, yeah, they just went too far trying to be there all the time, you right? Know? Or they they slipped or, away. Or they missed that that back and forth. Like you're saying, that's beautiful. I've never heard it um, said like that. I I appreciate the looking. My friend Rob Bell, he he's a, used to run a church, a Christian church, and now he surfs on Sunday. And I've been surfing with him on Sundays many, many times. And that – it's such a Christian cliche to be like, this is our church. Mm-hmm. But it was some of the best services of my life. And not just because he's brilliant and we could talk about stuff, right. but because you'd watch waves from behind. Like when do you see a wave from behind? Yeah. When do you see like – the shadow of a bird before you see the bird and <laughs> when do you smell a flower before you see it you know all these sorts of things it was very divine and I think I learned how to identify it from quieting myself in church quieting myself in prayer or meditation or whatever but then it is that Torah being everywhere mm. thing speaking of all the Judaism though this is not a trick question um, why am I warning you you've, you've been effortless and fine this whole time but I think it's interesting like do you consider Judaism to be the tradition that you this is something that Reza Aslan said on my podcast. He said that the Buddha said, when you want to find water, you don't dig six one-foot well wells. You dig one six-foot well. Mm. And is Judaism your one six-foot well? Do you think you could have found spirit in another tradition? Yeah, absolutely. But I think the Judaism doing it through Judaism gave me a, really a sense of where I come from that, and where yeah. I'm made out of. Because right. You know, if I had just skipped it all and gone right to eating brown rice, it would have been a lot easier, you know, but I mean, I wouldn't. Barefoot. You know, but I wouldn't. Shave the beard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't. There's so much I would miss. You know, there's so much yeah. that I would have missed. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. That's kind of what we're talking about. It's, it's not just, I know this is such a cliche, but it's not just getting to the brown rice. Mm-hmm. It was the whole thing. You got pushed through a thing mm-hmm. that so many thousands and thousands of people have been pushed through. And people fell off at different points and you stayed in and stayed mm-hmm. in and stayed in. And now here you are. It's like we want our artists to be able to paint photorealistic before they start painting crazy. Mm-hmm. Like just splashy Pollock kind of stuff. Right. We like that we know that Paul could have painted a vase with flowers in it, but he did the crazy one. Right. right. So you can be as loose, loosey-goosey now or whatever you want to say. Right. Because we know you went through all that. It right. means more that you're choosing to go, right. I know, but now I'm going to have these kids from White Plains over and we're going to talk right. in a little bit of Yiddish right. and maybe smoke some dough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I included that. <laughs> maybe it just seemed like it fit. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Yeah. But what about like the big things, like when we die – what do you feel about that? Um, honestly, like uh, I think you know, I've always what I've always believed and and thought about was reincarnation. That's that's also Jewish, you know, approach. Is that right? Yeah, it's one of them. I don't think Judaism says Is that one, like yeah. one. There's one specific thing, but definitely in the Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism talks about reincarnation and coming yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice. You know, I, li- I like that idea that the soul doesn't die. So for now, I think you know, I just. Hang on to that, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I think there's more important things to think about. Like, you right. know, it's a nice thing to just, like, sit on the porch and just, you know, okay, I'm going to take a few minutes and just think about that <laughs> and cool and think about some different things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you have either, to come back and have tea with your wife. Yeah. And, and, you, and, you, and, you, and, I, don't, and I don't take it for granted. I don't assume it, I don't assume it that, that it's definite. I assume that, it, it, that I could die and that could be it. That could be the end. Right, right. You know, and that changes also the way you, you see things. See, that seems like uh, kind of something I would 
think a rabbi might say. It's like, which one gets you closer? Does the feeling that you're going to like come back and go around again bring you to God? Does the feeling or does the finality of like, no, this is it. It's lights out. Does that bring you to the urgency right. of God now? Right, right. Like, which is it? Right. And which one like makes you like more empathetic towards your neighbor? Right. And which is the one that makes you like want to knock someone off the road? You exactly. Know? Like you said, which one's going to give you? And I like what I like is playing with it, and like, how many other how many other ones are there? Like, let's take seven or eight of them and just mess around with them. Right. That's my hobby. Like, I don't want to go whitewater rafting. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I like to I like to think about those kind of things, and (laughs) uh, you know, and mess around with that. You know. Yeah, you're going whitewater rafting in your brain. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's amazing, man. I, let me let me check my notes. I'm feeling pretty good. Some guests sometimes we go two hours. We've got an hour forty five. Um, you just covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Do you feel good? Is there anything we skipped? No, I feel great. Let me just mention the new record. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Do it. What is it called? It's called Undercurrent. Okay. I love and it. Uh, the gist of it is is that it's these long songs, like you know, about eight songs. Uh, it's you can get it on record on a double LP. And it's um, it's journeys. It's just like musical journeys. Definitely put that one on when you're going on the train or walking down the street. Is that see right? How it makes you feel. Is yeah. it out? It's out now. Oh, yeah, wow. and it take, takes you into all different types of places. And it's the first record that I can like play it. I can go and play it live and say, "This is exactly who I am and what I do." That's right. I heard you say yeah. that. It's like you have kids coming to your shows, and it's like they're wondering why you're not just playing one day yeah. radio version. Yeah, because I love to like I'm, I love making you know a pop song like you know you, you probably have all types of jokes. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's there's all different styles, all different types, and and you know you 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 have one calling card, and then you're supposed to hit that every single yeah. time. Yeah. It's like that doesn't work for a real creative right for an artist they're right. not able to do that right it just doesn't work so this record no producer just produced by myself the band written together created mainly from like improvisations that happened uh on tour <laughs> and then back in the studio and shaped them and it's it's cool it's really that's amazing and yeah. you're back to the water yeah Moshe. back to the water Moshe. yeah exactly <laughs> That's amazing, man. Well, Moshe. <laughs> Come on. Let's hear it. Moshe. <laughs> Get over here. I can't. I can't. My, my Jewish voice, because obviously. Put a le on the end of every name and you're good. Le? Yeah, like Moshe le. Yahu le. That's too many. That's yeah. too many syllables. Yeah, and that doesn't work so well. We always do. My manager, obviously, is, is uh, Jewish. There's a lot of Jewish managers. There we are. Know? We always go, I'm reminded. That's what we always say. <laughs> That's his thing. Whenever That's we're talking, he goes, I'm reminded of, you know, <laughs> it just Nehemiah. Makes him feel ancient, right? <laughs> he just wants to talk about okay, here we go. old things. Is there anything that you, two final questions. One, is there anything that you hold in your heart, something from the Torah, something that you go back to again and again that's a favorite verse or something that you really meditated on and, yeah, and keep I go, going back to? I go back to just like, thank you. Is that right? Straight up. Like sometimes I just... Like this happened to me that other night on Shavuos. Like I walked out onto the porch; it was raining, and I like I just looked at, like looked up, and I straight up was just like, "Thank you," because mm. I know like I don't have to have this. Like I I didn't you know just thank you. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 it is you, if you're there and all that, like just thank you. That's mm. it. That's what I come back to. I love it. Very Anne Lamont. Do you know Anne Lamont? Mm-mm. She wrote a book called Help. Thanks. Wow. Those are the three prayers. Help. When you help, thanks, and then just wow. that's cool. Just, I like wow. that. Oh shit, rain! Because <laughs> that's that space. Yeah, that's that space. We're all, 
you know when you're in a garden and you look at a tree and you catch yourself just going like it's bigger than the other tree I saw. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're thinking about the tree. But sometimes if you just look at like one leaf, like you can get so much out of it if you can just be like, wow, or thanks or mm. whatever it is and just plug into that thing. That's why I think when you weren't talking and thinking as much, you could really stand in the grass in a way that your wife probably didn't understand <laughs> and wanted you to sh- start talking. <laughs> Explain yourself. The other question we always ask, and sometimes people feel pressure that they have to have a good answer. Please don't feel that pressure. Just whatever comes to mind. Can you think of the time in your life that you laughed the hardest? It doesn't have to be a great story. And I like to coach people you can be 10 years old. It could have been this afternoon. Let me, let me try to channel the moment. Yeah. Let me think about Find it. Find it. Don't rush. Mm. I'll try and think of my most recent one, too. So we'll both be thinking about it. Don't worry about the dead air. <laughs> hmm. Damn, I'm, go- I'm go- drawing a blank. Laugh the hardest. We laughed pretty hard last week listening to... Uh, oh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, yeah. Man, I mean, that's he's a good hilarious. answer. We laughed hard. I, we we watching on. Oh, I'll tell you one time I laughed oh, hysterically. Yeah. Okay, so I uh, I this is this is this one is crazy. <laughs> I feel wow, like there's the, two I could bounce between. I want to just see how far. I feel like right when you say this one's crazy, like a beat should start. How far <laughs> you know it goes? Like just so you can tell the story <laughs> over a beat. Yeah. I was 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in. Where'd you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a good one. I could tell a real one. Here, I'll beat over yours. Okay. I can't do it as good as you. It sounds so bad yeah, compared I'll Um, okay, so the story is that basically, um, I uh, I went to wait, 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 I had two. There's one. There's one. So give me one second here. Uh, I think I'm not going to tell the story. Actually. Is that right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to it. We can end on the beatbox, man. Let's end on the beatbox. <laughs> I have to pee so bad right now. Again, it's the only thing I can think about. I had like four cups of coffee and no, three I waters. love it. Thank you were amazing, man. You came to play. I really appreciate it. Let's get you out of here. Would you say keep it crispy? It's how we end. But it was an honor to talk to you. Keep it crispy. You keep it crispy. Now leaving Nerdist.com.